Hi, everyone, and welcome to the IGDA Twin Cities podcast. Find out more about the IGDA and our chapter at IGDATC.org. Uh, this month's show is probably going to be a big one since uh, E3G has happened. A lot to talk about there. Uh, but before we get into it, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts. Uh, first off is uh, Tori Kamal. What's up, folks? How you guys doing? Hey, Tori. Um, with me also is uh, Jackie Urich. Hi, everyone. How are you? And also, special guest, second month in a row, is Zach Wint. Hello. And I haven't said it yet. I'm Ryan Foss. So let's get to it. What have you guys been up to this last month? Well, I have a lot of big news. So um, my company, Seant, was chosen to be um, in the top 25 for the Project Skyway competition, which is a tech incubator similar to Y Combinator um, that uh, a couple gentlemen here in the Twin Cities organized, probably started organizing about a year ago. So we were at boot camp all last weekend, and that was pretty awesome. And then Monday, we found out that Sant was also chosen to be in the semifinals for the Minnesota Cup, which is a business plan competition for Minnesota companies um, that has a lot of fabulous prizes. So we're <laughs> super excited about that, but it's also yeah. a lot of work. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> is there any other uh, game companies in there? Yeah, actually, uh, well, there was in Project Skyway, there was another game company called Gogo Mong. Go go Mongo. Um, Are they doing they, a peripheral I, thing? No, what they they're actually making um, a game. Uh, I believe it's a mobile game that is designed to help children eat better. And then there's like um, outside tie-ins, like little stuffed animals and stuff that go along with it. So. <laughs> Uh, so we weren't the only game company there. And then uh, the Conquer guys are actually in the semifinals for the Minnesota Cup. So that's pretty exciting, too. So we'll be seeing them them a lot in the next couple months. <laughs> Two winners, and I know who's got my votes right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what really excites me about this is that um, traditionally game companies haven't gotten a lot of attention from the Minnesota Cup and from the investment community here in general. So the fact that, like, three game companies have like popped up in these two different competitions, I think is really exciting that people think that that might be a direction that they want to go in Minnesota. So, um, yeah, super, super thrilled. We have a lot of work to do though. We've got a business plan that we have to write up. Um, it's due on the 22nd, but even being in the semifinals and even going through brute camp, even if we don't move on in either of those, We've met so many people. This last weekend was crazy. I, I met so many people. <laughs> and uh, uh, we did these fun things that were actually kind of hard, too, where we had to take someone else's business summary and then pitch it as if it were your own to the oh, group. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. And then um, we met with mentors. Um, we did this kind of like speed mentoring kind of thing um and then on sunday we had to come, we had to do three pitches to the crowd we had to do a uh, investors pitch an employees pitch and a customer pitch all 90 second pitches so it was a really great weekend really enjoyed it and i'm really looking forward to what we're going to be doing with minnesota cup so hopefully we'll find out 
on Friday that we're a go for Project Skyway because out of the 25 that were at boot camp, 10 will move on to be in the three month incubator. How many, how many were in there before the 25? Like what was the number? Um, in Project Skyway, I think there were like a couple hundred companies that applied. Wow. Okay. And, and then in Minnesota Cup, it's like over a thousand applied. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So what's, what's, it, what's the Minnesota Cup whittled down to now? How many? 47. 47. Okay. Cool. Yeah. By all means, many congratulatory uh, congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, and the Minnesota Cup is especially, um, not that Project Skyway isn't prestigious, but it's like their first round. Minnesota Cup's been around for six years, and they get in attention from from investors and from the business communities outside of Minnesota. Mm. And so it's really huge for us. Like, I just, it's so validating to know that our business plan and our idea is something that's like resonating with the business community here. It's really cool, actually. Okay. It feels well, like all that work paid off. <laughs> well, I know you're super excited about it, so that's why I'm like, you know, congratulations and everything. But I'm really wondering, have you ever seen that that show Shark Tank, I think it's called? Where it's like no, entrepreneurial people and they go up against them, they have to like pitch their idea and then these, you know, people will say yes or no, I'll invest or something like that. I'm wondering yeah. it, it ultimately in those situations, what happens is the person with the idea presents their idea and they'll say, I'm willing to give you X percentage of my company or whatever for a million dollars right now or something like that. So I'm wondering in, in, in these two things you're in, what's in it for the Minnesota cup and, and the skyway project or whatever, what, okay, what's so, the, yeah. Yeah. They're two, they're radically different. So project skyway is an incubator and they want like six to 9% of your company. If you move on to the next, um, if you move on to the, the 10 that get incubated, and then, so in that period between August 1st and the end of October, they are going to set you up with some office space at Coco Minneapolis in the new co um, co-working space, which actually is, I saw it, it it's really awesome. And then um, they, uh, they give you a small amount of seed money um, and they, they basically mentor you, uh, help you work out your, you know, tidy up your business plan, um, like introduce you to investors, et cetera, make introductions, things like that. So awesome. So it sounds more, very much like a helping the, the young entrepreneurial kind of thing versus, you know, uh, peer for profit or exploit. Yeah, no. It, and really project Skyway, it's about, so like the money project Skyway makes goes to help other future entrepreneurs that would apply to Project Skyway. Awesome. So it's like supposed to be self-sustaining at some point. So even though it's like for profit, it's not it's not like necessarily for Jem or Casey's personal profit. <laughs> right, as long as it can sustain itself, I mean, I I can I can relate to that. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so I mean, what they're looking for is, you know, a company that is going to be able to make enough money that if they get 9%, it's going to be enough money to help sustain <laughs> the, the the program going forward um Makes and then participate <laughs> i just need a good idea right no it's um it's a great thing and then um minnesota cup is a little different so minnesota cup it's basically a, just a seed money competition the winner gets $25,000 and then the runner up i think gets 5,000 and then um, that's just money that's been donated by all of their sponsors. So it's and like that's 
is that that to me that sounds like something that's just trying to promote businesses in Minnesota. Yeah, so, so yeah. the MHTA and the University of Minnesota, um, among along with like all the other different business consortiums here, in the in the state of Minnesota, are really the driving force behind the Minnesota Cup. All right, cool, excellent. Yeah. Congratulations again. I hope big news. I'm actually really looking forward to playing your uh, game. Or seeing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's. I'll have to channel my woman, I guess. But <laughs> you can play as a guy in our game. We're not keeping you from from playing your gender, but I can tell you this piece about our game. So, one of the things that we're going to be doing in your character selection screen is that um, instead of picking male or female, you pick the gender you identify with. If you identify with any gender, and then you can choose if you look like a guy or a girl or whatever. It doesn't matter. You can do however you want. So, pretty excited about that. Cool. Cool, cool. And Is then, this um, maybe an appropriate point to talk about uh, our topic for next month? Uh, no, I guess okay. I'll be talking about these things in more detail <laughs> next month and um, some other things that I've learned in this journey so far. Um, in the business. I'm also presenting at the Unsummit on Saturday about something not even related to games, but more about, it's kind of about some of the things I learned in Africa in January. Cool. And uh, I started a new meetup group as the result of Project Skyway called 90 Second Pitches Bitches, which Mm -hmm. is like a a group that anyone's welcome to come. Like, and you work on your elevator pitch in an environment where other people can give you feedback, but everybody who comes has to pitch. So, if you want to come, just be prepared to pitch. And we'll be doing it at Clockwork in Northeast. Cool. So, yeah. All right. That's all I got. I'm, I'm, now I'm all like hyper again. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Matt bombs right there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad I don't have to follow that up. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just about to make a comment on that. Like, how the heck do I follow that up with? Well, I found some coins on the ground today. That was pretty cool. I don't know. Um, I thought I found no. a four-leaf clover, but it was only three. <laughs> it was just one that was ripped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, let's see. No, I've been, um, as usual, I've been doing a lot of voice acting. Um, weirdly, a lot of like on-hold messaging right now. The on-hold messaging for Spanish clients is like <laughs> really taken off for some strange reason. Your, your um, phone call will be answered in the order it's received, that sort of thing? Yep, yep, that, that kind of thing. Give me a so, little, give me a little. Uh, Spanish. I need a script in front of me, actually, ah. but... Um, Boo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's just it's just kind of bizarre. Um, but then um, I got a few... Uh, give us a super mundo pitch. Uh, <laughs> este sábado gigante! That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, How would you say connect? Xbox Connect in Spanish. I'm just Xbox Connect ahora. <laughs> something you know, something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully, my um, my on hold messages aren't coming off like that. That'd be. <laughs> uh... You know, Thank I bet you. you... Like Take care. I just thought of a business where all it is is phone calls you get to get put on hold just to make you giggle. <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah so i've been um and then just you know regular voice acting but i got a field recorder for my birthday and i've been like drooling for this thing forever and now i've just been out probably knowing people but i've just been recording 
everything, ambient noises. Tonight, I was actually out sanding in front of my house with the rain coming down and mm-hmm. holding this little thing that actually looks kind of like a taser. Oh, it's awesome, by me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I cop rolled it. by looking at me really strange. So I'm just guy in shorts and he's got socks and flip-flops on standing in front of his closed garage holding this thing that looks like a taser out in the middle of the rain. Scre- but, screaming in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sabado, record! All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's cool. And then um, working on Soldak's next upcoming game, um, which is going to be kind of like Diablo in space. And I've seen, uh, been able to dabble in the game a little bit so far, and it looks really, really good. I'm really impressed with what the guys are coming up with. So um, they, they're they going to really crack the whip on me for audio. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been good. Cool. Awesome. Nice. Well, um, I guess it's my turn. Um, I haven't really been doing a whole lot. Um, been uh, working a lot with Unity at work, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, chopping on my programming skills a bit, I guess, which is different for me. But additionally, been we have a working prototype now with the, the game I'm working with, battery-powered games. So I've been doing some level design there um, along with the, the art team. And um, I don't know, it's coming along. It's, it's sort of frustrating. Prototypes are that weird thing where like you want to determine if the concept works or not. Mm-hmm. But yet the prototype can really get in the way of that at times too. So you don't want it to impact you too much. But it it, it would be much better if it was like super fun right off from the get-go. But, yeah. but yeah. Um, I think some of the prototyping that we did, um, you know, not to, to bash uh, Rob at Battery Powered Games at all, but it's a very robust proto- prototype. Like it's got Lua scripting that loads Lua files and does this stuff that actually can be really good for somebody like me who just is trying to try out a whole bunch of different stuff, but it, it, it still needs to be tweaked a little bit in order to get some of the sort of core mechanics down to know if it works or not. But it's, it's been really interesting. So. That sounds cool. Yeah. And is Rob really into um, game mechanics? I mean, to me, he's an engineer at heart. Oh, he is really hard to, to keep bound to uh let's not worry about that. <laughs> let's not, let's not make the programming game the game. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's let's <laughs> let's test yeah um yeah he he definitely really enjoys the problem solving of programming i and i can can appreciate that too i have to fight that as well um but yes so we're trying to find a happy medium there sure and i thought the whole lua thing was overkill when he was doing it but now actually him handing it to me and being able to use it and expand upon it is is why it was is really nice so I've never Lua scripted before, but um, it's actually quite neat how it went in. Hmm. Um, anyway, I'll leave it at that. How about you, Zach? What you been up to? Well, I'm still uh, putting in a few too many hours at work, but aside from that, uh, got, got to escape and go to the, uh, we had an all-day social there at the Chatterbox for the, hmm. the first day of the E3 keynotes. Yeah, thanks for putting that together, man. That was awesome. It worked pretty good, yeah, I think. Yeah, that was really fun. I think if we did it again, we won't try to stream the video on the internet. It's just too, too sketchy. But, yeah, well, uh, the quality, it just, I mean, it works. You get to see it. And yep. um, it's kind of nice being able to pause TV and everything like that as well. Or not That's pause, a good point, yeah. But, but, kind of skip between the different, you yeah. know, websites or whatever. Yeah. But, but the quality just didn't work when you cared to see the detail of the game. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, no, we watched a few things later on a TV and we're like, oh, that looks good. What do you <laughs> know? 
<laughs> very but, different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was so happy you did that because otherwise it just would have been me sitting at home up till two in the morning watching, you know, press conferences. Yeah. Half put to sleep, but no, it was nice yeah. to be able to sit there. It was sort of funny. Everybody showed up with laptops and stuff. Me and you showed up with two laptops a piece and and a connect, but we had some uh, yeah driver issues on the PC there. Numerous PC issues actually. Yeah. So I, and uh, I get to download and play with a few of the connect things that got released at E3. So we'll, we'll cover that in a little while, and uh, that's kind of it. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad everybody's here tonight. Um, let's transition into uh, what happened last meeting. So uh, let's see. It's is it June? Is it, it's June, right? And the yep, last meeting June. was only a week or so ago. Um, <laughs> our presenter was uh, Zach, Zachary Johnson. And uh, he gave a pretty cool little conversation about, uh, it was titled, Ready to Play, JavaScript, HTML5, Game Development. So he went through a whole thing on sort of uh, HTML5 in regards to game development and kind of what he's done. And um, it was in the Nerdery's new theater, which we should say thanks again to the Nerdery for, for hosting us. They're being really awesome with that. And their new space is beautiful. It's oh just my gosh! Gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. We can grow our group to uh, three times the size. So probably, yeah. Uh, let's hope. Um, yeah, get on that, Zach. Start get... BizDev. It's done. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Zach best. also gave gave kind of a uh, uh, lay of the land because, at least in my mind, HTML5 was this theoretical thing that web guys were totally into. But he kind of went over the different platforms and where performance is good or not not quite good enough. But if you do it with a different technique, you can get away with it kind of things. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I thought he did an awesome job of of summarizing stuff into into that sort of thing, too. Because, yeah, I hadn't even really realized HTML5's impact or what it, what it kind of was, I guess. But And I think it's going to be uh, very viable very, very soon. Um, you know, much in the way Flash has been on PCs and so on, but kind of got blocked from the handhelds a little bit. And and also it's just a little bit uh, a little bit too heavy for current phones. I know at some point they'll catch up in horsepower, but even on Android, you know, on a state of the art Android, it uh, can make a lot of things chug pretty bad. Is that I mean not to compare it to Flash or anything, but that tends to be what I compare. Like when people talk about HTML5, I compare it to Flash. Um, is Flash the same way on devices? Because I swear it works pretty decent on my phone for I games. Mean, yeah. Okay. But I, I don't I guess, really know. I guess I haven't really tried Flash games. I was just sort of assuming that some of the things that I've seen are Flash. But I know your development is very different because there are no yeah. mouse over events. There's touch events and blah, blah, blah. And he went over some of that, which was which was interesting. Um, yeah, and, and great details, too, and, and links and working examples and so on. So if you're at all interested, uh, we'll get those slides up when the video's ready to go and should check them out. The yeah. uh, one thing I wanted to point out, too, was... Uh, roughly around the same time, uh, they started releasing a couple bits of information about Windows 8, um, and uh, and they're they're putting a huge push into HTML5 there, and it's not really clear exactly what their strategy is, because uh, of course Windows is known for, you know, doing things their way on their platform with DirectX and Silverlight and 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 you know .NET and, and normal Windows programming, so it's putting the fear into a little bit into some of their developers that don't quite understand what they're, what they're going for. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Is, is that purely an internet explorer thing or is it really a windows? No, windows 8. Yeah. That's why it's freaking, freaking people out because it might like make 
Firefox not be able to do HTML5, or is it because... No, more like um, people that have invested heavily in Windows technologies, WPF and .NET and, and so on, uh, are kind of worried that they're just getting, you know, pushed aside, and they haven't said anything to that effect at all. It's just, you know, internet extrapolation and fear-mongering, but, uh, or insecurities, or whatever you want to call it. So you're but, saying, uh, like, the idea that Windows 8 would build a wall sort of to stop HTML5 is running over those people? No, exactly the opposite, that all the people that have invested in Microsoft technologies are obsoleted. No, that's what I meant, is that HTML5 runs them over, yeah, just... Yeah, that kind of thing. And and they haven't they haven't really gone into great detail. They've just kind of barely mentioned it, and people just run with it. But uh, my guess is obviously they want in on the iPhone a little bit. You know, they've probably got all they need on you know, corporate desktops and servers and so on. But they just want to make sure that everybody's phone can you know act as a client to whatever whatever they have running for Windows 8 in the background or in the in the you know in the in the data center or in the back office or whatever. Right. It's just a guess, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. That stuff's, I have a hard time really understanding it. It's just, it, it seemed to make sense <laughs> in his in his presentation, and now I'm sort of spinning. Yeah, well, he was just approaching it from very practical tutorial kind of kind of method for why you might choose this over that. And he even covered some uh, ready to go game engines that you can check out that have physics built in. And mm-hmm. um, you don't have to go down to the bare metal. Well, well, just to to clarify this a little bit, then I guess I would say is HTML5 is just a new standard. Yep. It's not that Microsoft won't support the new standard. It's how well those special tags will work with that, right? Yeah, there's supporting, and then there's you know high performance. Right. So it's really an idea supporting. of yeah, if if it's kind of like um, you know, some of these phones they brag, but they don't really have a graphics processor in them. It's actually just a processor. <laughs> Right? Yeah. That's the yep. same sort of thing. So it'd be like yeah. an HTML5 game that doesn't get any boost from hard, specific hardware. It has to go through software emulation or something like that. So, right? Yeah. And we should probably explicitly say why why people care at all. It's, uh, you know, it's the, it's the one way to present your content to all kinds of devices, iPhones and Android and desktops and Macs and whatever you can think of. It's right. probably going to support it more or less. Right. But it's also a barrier that you know, potentially very different performance out of different things as well. Exactly. But I guess that's the same as true with Flash, but yeah, topic for a different day. I still don't understand Apple's stance on that, but anyway, um, I did like what what uh, Zach had to say about IP. Somebody in the audience asked him how he felt about the idea that anything you put out there, a game or whatever, you know, your intellectual property, your code is kind of out there. And other people could kind of grab it. Um, yeah. No, I I thought that was pretty interesting too. And it's a good point because it, it's hard to put a lot of effort into something and and then feel like someone can easily just go in and swipe it. But I think there's also a lot of parallels with um, graphics or models um, or music or audio in general because that's that's been getting ripped off for years. And to me, code, uh, graphics, they're all they're all assets. So um, it almost it almost feels the same, but I I I know it'd be a, it'd be an icky feeling to be <laughs> to have your stuff ripped off. But I think he was also bringing up some security issues too, um, as far as IP tracking and stuff with HTML5. So that was interesting to hear about too as well. Yeah, I I liked his stance is that it was flattering. 
that yeah. that somebody yeah. would would want to to see his code. Um, do you think that um, do you think that I mean, do people? I assume people don't invest in HTML games like they don't fund them for that reason. Like, right. It could be, but but yeah, I mean, he's he's t coming at it from that indie developer on the side. He he yep. he works kind of as a contractor, you know, a freelance. Um, so his gaming stuff, I think, is just uh, a side diversion interest thing. So I can understand way more why it's flattering in that case. But, yeah. Right. And I think you're um, absolutely right. I, I think with any platform, with any technology, people that care enough can get in there and do whatever they want. I mean, the most expensive video games and movies, you know, get parroted on the internet. Stuff that isn't right. open source and isn't even available. Uh, people reverse engineer the network protocol and then build their own server for it and just hook up their, you know, their RPG MMO client to a <laughs> fake server and just do stuff over there. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's breakable one way or the other. It, it all depends, I guess, on how difficult that becomes. And I guess the idea is that the HTML5 isn't as difficult as something else, maybe. And I think but, that's, in a way, that's almost good um, because it forces you to address it. Um, instead of, you know, I spent $2 million and released this thing, and then a couple weeks later, there's, there's cheaters in there that have modified the client, and they can run at triple speed, and nobody else can. And... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it definitely, I think, um, for, for somebody with, without resources, with, with an indie developer kind of stance, without that getting solved and open-sourced, um, it, yeah. it's a tough problem to tackle on your own. Well, and I guess the other thing that makes it great is that, um, you know, HTML is pretty easy to learn. And so um, it's a low barrier to entry, right, for people to play and see if, um, try and test and and learn things. So it's a good sandbox, I guess. Yeah. Entry into, into game development, which is good, too. Very true. And um, the other great thing about the group is, you know, you'll just have some in the audience with just some crazy experience that is rare. And I, somebody talked about, oh, yeah, but if you actually decompile Flash, here's what you see. And, and if you decompile uh, Java or .NET, you see this. And you can basically see everything except um, except kind of the private code. But you just you look at the point where it's getting passed to the graphics card or the sound card or what have you. And that's basically all you need to know. And you start working from there. <laughs> so it's, it's not a theoretical. It's there's somebody in the group that's actually done it. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> is, awesome. that is, that that is, is really awesome. interesting. I, I actually really like it when that sort of really high level knowledge starts coming out in conversation, and you're just sort of listening in. Yeah, I I enjoy that stuff about the group. So it's it neat to hear people talk about it, and even though I can't pitch into it at all, but anyway, uh, yeah, big shout out to Zach. He did an awesome job. Uh, he came out to the bar afterwards. He was a lot of fun. Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson. Yep. And um, we call him Zach too. <laughs> Zach's Zachstronaut. Yes. Yeah, Zachstronaut. Uh, he's a cool guy. So I hope to see him around a lot more. Appreciate him for presenting. All right. And uh, Jackie, you did your meeting announcement. So all pressure's on. Sounds like you got a couple things to do now for. I know, I the end of this like, month and the beginning of next. So I know I only committed myself to eleven billion things. It's all good. <laughs> Nine thousand. Um, yeah, right. 
9,000, over 9,000 things <laughs> I've committed myself to. But uh, no, I'm, you know, for July, I just want to share my experience up to getting to this point. Um, some of the things I learned, some of the mistakes I made, uh, some of the things that I didn't know about until I had done the research in terms of like what um, the state of Minnesota offers, what's available locally for people um, that want to do a startup, that want to take their game development to the next level, I guess, and and formalize it and try to make money off of it. Um, and just some things that I learned from a tax perspective. Uh yeah, that kind of stuff. So, and we'll probably do some questions and answer. So, can I ask you a, a question right now? Sure. Um, okay. So, I, I used to do a lot of filmmaking. Used to mm -hmm. be sort of an indie filmmaker, and never got into it to the point where I built up a whole business model and everything. I just kind of did it for fun. But one of the right. things I I did know is that um, Iowa Iowa has a very healthy film commission board or whatever it is. And there's a lot of benefits for making a film in Iowa if you're a serious hmm. filmmaker, where you get a whole lot of pluses from the state and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, art grants or something. They're really forward thinking on that. They have a lot of, mm -hmm. and because of it, they have a lot of film festivals. And Minnesota, in, in the alternative, it, it seems really dry. Um, and so I was wondering if, if, how does Minnesota compare maybe from that perspective in, in the game thing in the game environment space well we don't have any like game industry or digital interactive um interactive media specific tax credits or anything like that okay we do have some other things that we can take advantage of and it like for my team i have people kind of scattered all over the country working for me right now in different roles and so they um depending on where your talent is makes a difference too which was something i just recently learned <laughs> so if you're collaborating with somebody um you know keeping in mind where they are or if you're thinking about bringing somebody on um that makes a difference but you have to be paying them in order to take the thing the, the thing with all the tax credits is, is you actually have to be paying yourself some kind of salary or paying the team some kind of salary in order for them to be eligible for it oh, okay. so but it may make sense in the short term to and then you know making sure that you have you own all of the stuff that your people are creating um is a really big one that a lot of people mess up on so right actually i, I um there's a website called polycount it's kind of dedicated to art people that make everything <laughs> from animations and really awesome art to video game art it's kind of all of that and they've had some really awesome conversations about what's proper for credit and, you know, do you actually give up your stuff? And and people mm -hmm. in the industry are like, what, you think you own it? <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> and, and, right. I, and, and of course, everybody who's never worked in the environment is like, of course I did. I made it. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, <laughs> you, you don't own it. Your, you can use it in your portfolio. And that's usually the extent of what you get out of it. Because right. yeah, because just because you made that Master Chief model doesn't mean that you can go sell it on TurboSquid. Right. Well, and I mean, the other thing, you know, by having the company own it and the company having the liability, it's if there's a problem, a legal problem, like it's infringing someone else's IP, then it's the company's problem to deal with it, not your personal problem. So. Cool. 
All right. Yeah, I was just curious if there was anything the state was doing. Um, well, you'll find out in July. Yeah, please what... address that. From, from <laughs> I, no, the... I am, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other states that I know about too. So, cool. um, yeah, we've I, actually I don't know. got. It'll be it'll be businessy. It won't be gamey, but um, I think it's stuff that we need to know. You know, especially if you're thinking about starting up something. Now's a good time. I really have a good feeling about the community and where things are going in Minnesota for games. And um, I've been really involved with the High Tech Association. I actually got involved to network for girls in tech, and um, I started talking to because legislature legislators and government officials and all those liaisons and corporate types all hang out in the mhta it's like way above my caliber people <laughs> and um but I, I you know i sat down with former um congressman jim ramstad and i told him like i'm thinking about moving my company to canada because i can't get the same type of incentives that i do here you know if i'm going to build a big studio it's not right i'm going to be wasting i mean i'm going to leave a lot of money sitting on the table if i do that here versus in canada and he's like well we're you know we're thinking about what the future of minnesota is and so now because we have these more of these game companies and like W3I and Digital River and what they're doing, um, you know, like talking to the government, I mean, now is the time to make change. So it's pretty exciting. Cool. If you're into that kind of thing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I was never in the, in the, the, you know, filmmaking side of that. I was never that in depth on it. But the thing is, to get those film credits, like a group of people like us, like started talking to our government officials, and that's right. how that came about. No, exactly. I'm just saying that I was never involved in that group enough to to track it down. But I was only an outside observer with regards to the to the uh, tra the uh, film festivals and things like that. So Iowa just seemed a much more attractive place to make a movie than Minnesota from from a uh, actual legitimate job or mm -hmm. try at a job so all right, right awesome so i would say too uh the topic you know even if you're not going to run a business uh if you're going to work for a small business especially in games where it's kind of this pro amateur uh gray area uh, you probably want to at least feel like the company's got its ducks in a row right uh, yeah that's the other things. thing too right it's contracts like, and so on like the contracts i mean like right now, I mean, we're not really paying anybody, but they understand that they'll get paid at some point in the future, and I will make sure that that happens. But, um, yeah, you also want to make sure you don't get taken advantage of, and you need to know what to look for out of, you know, your fellow. <laughs> or, it, or, or even if you're thinking about, like, getting together with some friends and saying we're going to make a company, you know, knowing who to make co-founders and things like that and working all that out is... It's good. I mean, we lost one of our co-founders at the end of last year, and it it was a mutual decision. It wasn't any hard feelings, and he's still doing things with us. But, um, yeah, you know, it was like one of those things where it just didn't work out. But sometimes it isn't so pretty when that happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it, like it was really easy for us, but you know, sometimes it gets really messy, and it can totally tank your whole business before it even started. So. Cool. So July 13th, be there. Second Wednesday of every month. Totally. Leave it on the calendar. And we've also got, um, we've got, we always do the longer session and the so shorter 
session anytime we can. We've actually got uh, one already lined up. Um, uh, two folks from MSB are doing their kind of their oh, senior yeah. thesis project that they've been working on for a while. Very cool. That's awesome. It'll be kind of kind of a fun contrast too. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Shoot, I was hoping to maybe do something, but oh, there's always the next. Yeah, one. you you had your chance. I had my chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, what's a good way to transition to our main topic of the day? Um, hey, let's E3. talk about E3. E3. Yeah, uh, E3 is 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 probably the inter, uh, gaming event conference of the year. I know it's the one thing I really look forward to, and I. I and really... it's the consumer-facing gaming event of the year. Yeah, it, yeah. I I call GDC it. GDC is the gaming event, game developers event of the year. Right. Know. Okay. No, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, you know, from my standpoint, don't really pay a whole lot of attention to GDC, but but E3, I I, I do, and that's because the the big major players in in the game console market present. Uh, that's Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. And it, along with them, um, the, their main press conferences, uh, a couple of the big um, game developer companies is, present as well, um, and that's Ubisoft and, and EA Games. And I find that stuff just—I call it a nerdgasm—and <laughs> and it, I, I don't know what it is about it, but the whole like way a company works and has to present their image, and then here it is—they have to do it in an hour and a half. And all of their hopes and wishes for the company and everything, and they have to try to excite everybody. I, I, I find that whole idea of it just super interesting. And it, it seems high pressure, high stakes. Um, it, it, it's intrigued me for years. I, I Normally I um, record it while I'm at work and come home and stay up to the wee hours of the night watching everything I can and then do it again the next day and again the next um, so it was nice to have the the sort of the meetup at at Chatterbox to, to actually skip a day of work and go on and watch it live. But that didn't stop me from watching everything again. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so but, you're telling me that you like dog and pony shows? That's what I'm what but, I'm like. Ryan Foss, dog and pony show lover. <laughs> you know, but it's the subtleties of the dog and pony show because they have to decide if it's a dog and a pony or if it's it, it's a cat and a unicorn. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like they yeah. have to decide what. Do they say to people, and how do yep. they say it? And and that mm -hmm. really intrigues me. So, like like my biggest disappointment. The public relations, yeah. like well, what the uh, side? What is the belly dance the... of seduction? Yeah. <laughs> it's just the pole dance of of three. Um, so I, I, you know, my biggest disappointment, and I know it was a total wish, but I was really hoping that Microsoft would come out with some sort of something of the future in regards to their hardware, but but they didn't. Um, so anyway, I guess saying all that about E3, I, I've got something to say about everything in that regard. So, um, hopefully I won't rule the conversation, but I was thinking maybe we could just step through each of these conferences real quick, you know, spend five minutes or so on them, talk about the stuff we really care about. Um, yeah. we could start with, uh, with Microsoft. And so Microsoft was the, the first press conference of, of E3 this year. I think they've been the first for a number of years, actually. Um, and they presented a number of things. Um, first and foremost, they, they didn't announce any new hardware, but they announced a hell of a lot of importance on their Kinect um, uh, wireless controller, UB the controller, and integration into games. 
and then some other interesting things with regards to the what they call the Xbox experience, the interface mm -hmm. and everything there. And part so of that's with 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 Connect, of course, too. So, do you think they didn't announce any new hardware because they kind of feel like they're on a roll with the with the Connect and they don't want to kind of steal any thunder out of it? Uh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, everybody bought a Connect. Think... No, they got to buy some games. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I. Think, I, th I Right, it was like a I thought like ten percent chance that they would say something about the Xbox Seven Twenty and maybe just hint at it. They've got it in their his, in their future or something, right? I was hoping for just a, a you know a, a a drop of some sort of info and they didn't give any. Um, and, and it makes sense because yes, they they've just released the Connect came out last year. You know they don't really want to trumpet that by saying something better is coming. You know it makes sense not to not 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 to do that. Um, but I still had high hopes. You know, it didn't happen. Um, of of the three major console developers, Microsoft is the only one that didn't announce new hardware, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Yep. Um, so let's start with uh, sort of the Connect. It ruled the show at, at Microsoft, and so a lot of games were announced that were using Connect, and in, in some good ways, and and in some potentially comical or at least noteworthy for us to talk about them ways and and the first one i would say is mass effect 3 because i'm a big fan of the mass effect series i think they've done an awesome job and they announced that um connect or i mean Microsoft, uh, mass effect 3 is going to use uh connect voice recognition so did you guys hear that yeah yep. and so what is funny to me about that is so you have to you have to read the it has voice recognition for the dialogue options so you read the dialogue option available to you and then it so you read something and then Shepard says something. Yeah, it seems I guess, I, I guess we seems should... like a really awkward way to have a conversation with somebody. Like <laughs> Well it's it's right. So like the normal way if people don't know Mass Effect is is there's a conversation tree and usually there's three options. So you're in this in, in engagement with somebody and you have three options, say, and you have to pick the one, it's like a summarized version of what you're going to say, like, shut up, bitch, or um, I'm tired of talking to you now, or, you know, please, right. please, tell, I should me, go. please tell me more. <laughs> right. So the idea there is that you say whatever those options are, which normally, you know, on your controller, you would just sort of point towards point the Point up and more. push A, yeah. Yeah. And so now instead you'll say, you know, shut up, bitch. And then it will go, it will then have the character say the long version of the shut up, bitch. Yeah, uh, so if you're having an extended conversation, that's going to get really awkward, right? Yeah. Because you're you're trying to pick a a dialogue. You have to say the small dialogue option. Here's Shepard say it. Here are the response. Pick another small dialogue option that's the summarized. And then I I don't think that was a really... I mean, I, it's cool to play with that technology, but if that's what delayed Mass Effect to 2012, dude, <laughs> seriously, yeah, do not want. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's potentially uh, breaking immersion more than anything. Right. Yeah. I do like the idea you can give your companions commands, though, so you can tell them yep. you can say, like, you know, Liara, Liara warp, you know, but I'm, you can't, but I'm, you can't tell them where to put it. <laughs> I'm totally the other way around. I'm I'm more interested in seeing how the voice recognition works in the in the hmm. in the text trees than ever commanding my people. But that's only because the way I play Mass Effect is my people are completely useless. 
So <laughs> like you try to tell them to do something. Most of the time it's just um, get up out of cover so that I can, right? It's, it's I know. Get out of my way. Yeah. Get out of my way. Why uh, are you there? That's Mar my cover. <laughs> Miranda, stand in front of me. <laughs> right. Hop up and down. I hope they have that in there. I doubt it, though. Anybody that plays Mass Effect 2 would understand what that means. Um, right. But I would like Easter eggs. Definitely would like Easter eggs. If you, like, cuss out, like, Garrus or something, like, he just tells you to, you know, SDFU or something. That would oh, be yeah. funny. Yeah, in your normal <laughs> gameplay, if you're just like, fuck, and somebody in your team just... responded back to you. Oh, my gosh. I just, I just, <laughs> we just made this episode explicit, didn't we? Yeah, that's all right. So, I, I'm... <laughs> You know, one of my big things with Connect is is because I was really excited for the technology because what I think it does is really, really interesting. And that's the depth capture stuff. The voice recognition you can do with a headset. All you need to do is hey. hear it, right? Mm -hmm. Like the idea that Connect is doing more in this case is kind of silly because because like I was, trying to, I was trying to think like, do I want voice recognition? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just throw on my headset and it'll work great. And then I'm like, wait, it's Connect. I won't be able to throw on my headset because that's right. not the way that Connect works. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> Damn. Well, and that's Damn. that's the other thing. It's like if you're a gamer that games with headphones on or whatever, you know, right. now people are going to be hearing this like crazy, you talking to yourself crazy person thing, like when they walk in the room. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> as long as the game like engages me in a way, if I'm really like, you know, reload and it works better than trying to hit a button, I'm all for it. But um, yeah. Uh, and if it works and it's not frustrating, but my experience with Connect and the voice recognition is seriously just screaming at my Xbox, saying Xbox, Xbox, <laughs> Xbox. Yes. Ryan, did you calibrate it? Um, I assume so. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it needs that help. I know if, that my as far my... as you know, being uh, freestanding, you know, speakerphone. Let's say uh, it is kind of state of the art, but it it still needs help. It's not an easy problem to solve. It's got to know, it's got to figure out where your walls and your speakers are and all that kind of thing by pumping a bunch of sounds through it. Um, I have been playing it lately and it has, and I've rearranged my room and it has been working better. So huh. I, I'm wondering, mm -hmm. maybe I should recalibrate it. But good point. Good point, Dory. Does, who who here all owns a Connect? I know that I Zach do. Um, do you use it I much, Jackie? Um, I haven't been because all my my husband is like all he does is watch Netflix on my Xbox. So <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I haven't been using it quite as much. But I really like Dance Central, and uh, I have a Zumba game. That's fun. All right, and Tori, you don't even own an Xbox, do you? I I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, I know that uh, one of the I'll just real quick funny story is that me and Zach often game together on the Xbox, and um. He would always say, "You sound really crappy," and it would often yeah. turn out that my ex, my Connect, was working as my microphone instead of my, you know, hundred dollar oh. headset. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know, you sound fine to me, you know. <laughs> and, it, and it would always turn out that it was the Connect picking up my voice instead of my microphone that was strapped to my head. Oh. So yeah. it was just sort of one of those comic things. He's like, "You sound shitty again. You sound you sound bad again." And lo and behold, it's the Connect picking up instead of my headset. But anyway. Uh, moving on from the, the Mass Effect Connect sure. voice recognition, um, a couple other, uh, actually numerous, numerous other games uh, were announced with regards to Connect, including a uh, um, a sequel to Fable, which I, I don't care about. If you guys do say something, um, no. Rise Cry Crytek announced 
a game rise where you actually are the soldier and you have to raise your sword and swing your shield i i'm not gonna bash it at all because I'll, i want to try it to see if it works or not but my suspicion some, is that it doesn't but it's getting some buzz on the internet and i think that's simply because of crytek's track record is a hardcore game developer and if they're yeah. taking a stab at a pure connect game yeah that's weird crytek is the that's uh, our one best hope <laughs> crytek is is the crisis people they obviously yeah. made cry engine which is a big deal to them and then they come out with this game that sort of like will probably look really great but then uses connect on mm-hmm. xbox which that that that's questionable in my opinion but i thought it was noteworthy um one of the uh, another game dance central 2 was announced so jackie you had mentioned dance central um two i thought it looked interesting that you actually could dance together with somebody so yeah that's gonna people. be awesome Amazing. yeah but, i mean you could do that before anyway it just didn't just, count you weren't yeah. the game so i may, i still imagine that you know Yes, I have danced Central, and yes, I've danced in my room by myself, which is, I'm sure, hilarious. Um, but I always imagine, like, the actual younger audience could end up with the one guy, one person dancing, and the people behind him is just going along with it, too, for fun. Yeah, so backup now, dancers. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, so when you say, like, two people dancing, do you mean, like, uh, like some kind of... Like a tango kind of a dance, or you no, just mean they're no. both? Yeah, it's you're like both kind of face off. You're choreographed, gotcha. or it could be. I'm sure there's a face off mode, or it could be different dancing, but together at the same time. Gotcha. So who knows? Gotcha. Uh, um, yeah, you don't get the touch. That would screw up the sensor and the, the the algorithms. That'll be awesome when that technology is that cool, though. That you could do like ballroom dancing and stuff in your house oh, with a partner for the future. That's <laughs> not. That can't be that far off. Might as well extrapolate it all the way to dirty dancing. <laughs> oh, that's for the connect too. I mean, you know, got to wait a little while. All right, and then um, one of the notable ones I think was Forza Four because yep, that's I'll, I'll take this one. That's the one I'm excited about because um, they're just taking a good game and they're just adding head tracking, and they're not screwing up the game. Um, it's it's going to be a big deal for people that care about that kind of thing because. Uh, it hasn't been done on a console, but you know, there's all these flight sim guys on on PC, and they're all guys. I'm not, I'm not stereotyping. They're 100% guys, <laughs> and um, they buy the little infrared cameras, and they put little ping pong balls in their hats, and play their flight sims, so they can look around the cockpit. Um, and it's been going on for I don't know five, five, seven years. What is, but, what is that uh, product called? Because we bought one at work, and we were disappointed because they didn't actually open the SDK up to, or the API opened up to. You know what? Just yeah, I don't recall. So like, it was only, um, you could only use it with games that actually supported it. So Arma right. being an example game that that supported it. And then it they, and made they made a generic mouse driver, but it it doesn't behave like a mouse. It's your head, so it never worked anyway. Yeah, to to explain but, it a little bit. So if you're looking straight at your monitor, um, the view would be you know forward in your car, say. But if you turn your head like a little to the left or right, and yet you keep your eyes focused forward on the monitor, it would essentially turn the view in the car so you could look to your side. So say 15 degrees turn of your of your face, uh, you're still looking at your monitor, but it might equal 90 degrees, you know, looking out your vehicle. So it can make mm-hmm. it can make the driving experience or flight sim experience very interesting that you'd actually be able to look around. And it gets more um, more uh, natural and immersive the bigger your screen gets. So with your giant home home screen TV or your projector, or if you want um, those crazy it's not the settings. same as trying to do this in front of a 20-inch monitor or whatever. And um, and this is just a car, too. So um, people are already leaning in their seats when they go into corners. So <laughs> they're trying to play off of that and keep it real real basic. But um, 
from a driving perspective, it's actually, you know, kind of critical as you're going into a corner to not look in front of your car, but to look where the corner is, which is usually off to the side at 20 or 30 or 40 degrees. So to be able to plan what you're doing. So out of all the, the connect box experiences with regards to that, I think that that's one of the most interesting because I think that'll, that actually has great potential for improvement in gameplay in, in a very yeah. specific game type. So, but, and and, and they cool. do have a, a separate mode of some gimmicky thing where you walk around and sit in the car using waving your arms in the air. But oh, I just yeah. like that they're taking a the game, they're not wrecking it. They're just adding the minimal amount that's appropriate. Kick the and tires. Yeah. You, don't, you don't actually have to shift. You just turn your head and you get to see different. I think that's cool. Yep. And you keep your hands right in the controller where they belong. Yep. And um, 10 and 2. You don't 10 have to and hold 2 on the controller. <laughs> you don't just hold your arms up as if you're holding a pretend steering wheel. And um, I'm hoping that, that that really does well for them. Uh, head tracking is the only thing I think that's most appropriate to hardcore gaming. Um, it's It just can be very, very immersive, more so than a 3D television. Um, just moving your head and seeing, you know, parallax as close things move. Yeah, put the two yeah. distant things. That, that's all you need. So or you, you could play a third-person shooter and just look around the corner by just leaning your head to the side. You don't have to hold down the right bumper and the stick and then click this thing and get your pinky in there. and You just lean your head to the side a little bit. So and Sony could capitalize on this if they made a hat where you put your yeah. move controller on there. <laughs> and then you could experience some 3D and the tilting. <laughs> um, well, there is that um, that what is it called? Mind wave thing that by Neurosky that that reads your like um, low level like EEG or e yeah EEG right. waves. Mm -hmm. um, like if you could have that with the connect like or the move controller like that would be so awesome because there's like so many more things you can do because it it also does like. Um, eye tracking too. Cool. Uh, it's the it's the vitality sensor, but more so. Actually, no, it's the the brain control kind of thing, right? Where you can like play a game with your brain. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, along that theme, um, one of the wild cards out of E3, there's a Connect game that's uh, being called working title the Defect Chopra Project, which got all sorts of crazy, colorful graphics, and it's about meditating and yoga kind of things and that's one to watch that wasn't announced at the press conference though was it no no okay. still it's one of those like crazy is it reels thing it looks real but uh yeah cool well we'll make it to market i uh remember the bob ross we painting game happy little trees yeah with that never made yep. it I, yeah. that broke my heart oh probably because it'd be frustrating like a real artist <laughs> the control's not that good that. yeah <laughs> Right, you know. Well, yeah. right. I mean, um, <laughs> before we'll step to Fun Labs here in a second. But the one other one I wanted to mention before was Tom Clancy Jazz Hands. Um, Ouch. I mean, Tom Clancy Future Recon. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'll have to explain why I called it Jazz Hands. But um, it's got this weapons config with gestures thing going on. So like you can which is kind of neat. You can go into like the obscure details of your weapon and make a gun. And so some of it's like they did the voice recognition commands where you'd say optimize long range, and then it would take your gun and then make it good for long range or optimize ammo storage or something. I don't exactly know, but it was sort of interesting. And then you could gesture like you're grabbing the gun from behind your back and putting it in front of you. 
and um, then you would go into like a little shooting gallery, and um, then you could test the gun that you're you know designing, so to speak. And to fire it, you would you would take your closed you know right hand fist and then expose it like it's a <laughs> like you're doing jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow you aimed. I don't know. You leaned and turned or something, and you would aim. And, yeah. And you would make like a gesture, like uh, reaching for the sky to go into scope mode or something. I, again, this I'm, isn't this isn't the real game, right? This is a bolt-on configure and shooting gallery connect exclusive to the to, AAA title. Which, yeah, so it it seems really I don't know. It it was interesting to see them. They didn't do any like locomotion, so the character doesn't move at all. You just are standing there with a the gun. So it'd be really interesting to try. Like I'm interested to see how well it works. But it also seems sort of like you're just getting in the way of my controller. It's kind of the interpretation I took with that. But the yeah. voice recognition, at least, of saying, you know, optimize for something, is kind of a neat way to do something versus, you know, picking it out of a list. As long as you know what to say, you know, optimize long range, optimize firepower, I don't know what, but kind of interesting. But but to fire by jazz hands in it up <laughs> and, you know, hunching your back over to, yeah. to the weapon. Well, some of those gestures of like holding the weapon just seem really uncomfortable. Like if you're going to play that game for like an hour, like <laughs> I don't yeah. even know, like you'd be, your arm would be cramping. Right. Like That's the big question too is like, okay, so now you're going to go into weapon config mode. Do you have to like now go pretend to play your connect and then, <laughs> and then switch back to your game controller when it's actually time to, you know, press a to dive into cover and to shoot over the play. You know? <laughs> Cause you can't like, hide behind your couch and pretend you're shooting over a block of cover that, that's right that would that'd be, be awesome that would Soon, be awesome yeah, yeah. well no you could build a fort like out of your couch <laughs> cushions and like hide behind that that would be epic so the arcade <laughs> game that lets you do that is called police 911 if you ever see it get all your quarters and dollars and just play it <laughs> make sure you've had something to drink it's amazing <laughs> that, that is the promise of head tracking right there it is amazing is it seriously? Yeah. Are you being for seriously, real? it's it's a it's a point and shoot, you know, light modern light gun game, but it tracks your head only, so you can duck and and weave. Oh, cool. But, so yeah, so you're like, oh man, there's a bunch of guys in here. So you duck behind the table and shoot over the top without putting your head out, and you don't hit anything, and it's awesome. Um, and then you end up like with sore legs by the time you played a couple of rounds. It's, that's it's that's stuff. really cool, actually. If you if you can engage somebody in that way, which is exactly the sort of the connect thing. Yeah. Um. Okay, um, one other thing, I guess, to say is uh, Fable The Journey, an on-rails magic casting game. Hmm. All right, enough said. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really I, just a shooter on rails, but you can use a connect, is that? Yeah, you, you like to cast a fireball, you hold your ha hands together, you know, what's the shuriken kind of way, and then... <laughs> And then I don't know if there's voice commands or not. I don't remember. But you just, if you wanted to cast lightning, you'd like raise your hands in the sky and then throw them at the gotcha. thing. You know, maybe. I don't know. Um, not really feeling it. But I tend to not like on rail stuff. But um, all right. Two last things Minecraft with Connect integration coming. Yeah, uh, no details yet. No details. The only reason I mention it is that Minecraft is one of those like indie development real big success stories that I really love and the notch, the developer of it is really awesome and very cool. And it, it's sort of really neat to see that come to Xbox. So connect how it works. I don't know, but I, I like that it made it there, I guess. I, 
I don't know if it really needs to be connect integrated or not, but anyway, what do you guys think? Have any of any of you played Minecraft? Oh yeah. Mm-mm. What? I have not. I have not. Are you kidding me? I think no. I played a really, really brief demo once, and that that was that was about it. When do I have time to do these things? <laughs> you work for yourself again. every day, all day. I know. Quit, I'm, quit petting got... a cat or whatever you do all day and <laughs> start playing Minecraft. <laughs> Is that what I'm... you do? <laughs> oh, you guys are terrible. <laughs> oh no, I'm 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 totally teasing. I know that it to be dependent is way more work than 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 working a 40 so i understand yeah it's like working all the time like today was like the first day i didn't have anything on my calendar until like three o'clock so i was like i'm Slept going until 2 30 no i'm I went shopping i went shopping and it was awesome <laughs> all right uh not 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 <laughs> To steal your thunder there on your awesome shopping experience. Where did you go? But uh, I, went to, <laughs> I went to Nordstrom's. And was I there went, shoes? No, oh. I bought I bought dresses. I bought some dresses. <laughs> what is some, the summer of dresses? Some, so it is the summer of dresses, and I needed a dress for for my presentation this weekend. And then uh, oh. I bought some headbands. Speaking of dresses, did anybody see? A couple of years ago at the Microsoft press conference when they revealed that you'd be able to shop for dresses on Connect. Oh, I hope that comes soon. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to shop for anything on my Xbox. Uh, I can't type. It's like such a bitch to type stuff. Like, no way. We'll get to that. Um, all right. Well, anyway, Connect Fun Labs. we got to mention it really quick. So Yes, Connect Fun Labs were like thousands and thousands of 13 to 18 year old men are going to take pictures of their penis for their companion. It's going to be was, great. I was tempted. But, I went there. But it's, <laughs> you, you tried it? No, I better, just know. Very catchphrase at the, um, there, at the there social. Is nothing, uh, yeah. What, what was it? What, why does he have sausage trousers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sausage trousers for the rest of the day. Right. But, yeah, uh, there's, there's nothing like it doesn't matter what it is like if there's like some young guy it will have a penis drawn on it it's just how it works like i've learned this the internet has taught me this is what happens damn you <laughs> if biology a, if there is an opportunity to graffiti something with a penis it will happen <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey you started swearing first i did well, <laughs> I just don't know where to go with Connect Fun Labs now because it's the penis simulator now. <laughs> All right, Connect Fun Labs, build a penis. <laughs> Make your like your best friend can really accompany you in the game now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Connect Fun Labs, I think, is interesting. Um, I was really unimpressed with it though, from yep. from what actually was the download. It, so it's just going to turn into Spore is what, you, is what you're saying? Oh, not even close. It's, it's a to place to showcase little mini apps for Connect. Um, they're, the, the promise of it is is they're porting over all the good things that were what they were calling Connect hacks when people made the open source driver on the PC. Mm -hmm. And so um, right now they're doing a voting of what, what app should be next, you know, Virtual Puppet. And um, the one that actually sounds kind of interesting is someone did a virtual piano on any surface. So since connect consents depth, 
it, it's not too hard to uh, throw some math in there and figure out a flat surface like your desk or your wall or your floor. And then uh, you just point at it and the keyboard shows up and you play something, a uh, piano keyboard. Um, just a fun little, it, it's not going to ever change the world. They're just a bunch of little fun, you know, distractions. Which is, which is the good thing about what Connect Fun Labs is. It's just sort yeah. of disappointing that they released it and, and what you get out of it is kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, my kids weren't even interested and that's... Oh, really? Like, well, they were, they were, but, you know, they go and grab the cat and try to hold it up and like, scan the cat. And of course, the cat claws them and they have to run away and... <laughs> It, good. It, was, it was an impressively an, an uh, ex, <laughs> experiment and annoyance of no, the cat's not going to work. Okay, try, try the cat. And then when they actually get the cat done, they're like, that looks doesn't look like the cat. And I'm like, of course it doesn't. <laughs> My take is that if you if you get all the stars to align, you can kind of see the promise and the the magic of the technology. But it's not. It's a first generation thing. You know, it's not working like everybody wants it to. Right. Mm -hmm. So we did four different uh, virtual characters and. We got we got one that was like oh maybe that's something and then we got one where the head was missing and it had a disfigured arm and it looked like Silent Hill, <laughs> so that was fun for the wrong reasons. Yes, yeah. And then when okay. we finally figured out you got to get something this big, you know, two two to three feet tall. It's got to have arms and legs. Uh, they can't be, you know, they got to stick out from the body. They can't touch each other. And yep, uh, we got one to go good, and that was kind of neat, kind of magical, but a lot of work. Right. And we got to the point where we were trying dolls and stuff or not dolls, but stuffed animals. And it just they weren't working well yeah. and, and they were coming out kind of cheesy. Um, the best we had was like a, a Toy Story Woody. But even that just was stupid. Although him bending over and farting was a big win with the kids. <laughs> and I got an achievement for that. So oh. I can't remember what the achievement was, but it's something like long wind or something. <laughs> So that's Connect Fun Labs. It was sort of disappointment. I, I see the promise of it, like the idea. Yep. I just wish that the four, there's only four out there now, weren't just duplicates of each other. So yeah. there's really only two. And one is scan yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so you just scan your face, scan yourself. And that's called, um, I don't know what it's called. And then the other one is bobblehead, where you scan yourself and now you just have a big head and it bobbles. And then... Um, the other one was scan an object and look at this. You can now make it dance and say things or scan an object and now you can make it fart and, <laughs> and do things. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll do some of the other neat ones they showed at the conference, but I was a little bit disappointed. But we better move on. We better just quick say that there's, uh, in addition to all yep. the Connect stuff they said, uh, there's another new Xbox experience in the works aka um, dashboard upgrade yeah um it's the new new xbox experience so they they announced youtube uh bing search with connect meaning that and addressing what you said earlier jackie typing is you don't type you just now say mm -hmm. so I, I think that that's kind of interesting but what they demoed is like you'd say bing search or uh, bing lego and then what would pop up would be all your lego games and and my only thought there is like so you say, you know, bang, Lego, and then a whole bunch of Lego games pop up. And then you say what Lego game you want to play. And then you have to... Mute your phone. <laughs> so then, yeah. <laughs> screams. Um, so I have... What was I saying? Edit this, Tori. Bing, uh, Lego. Podcast. Yeah, Rewind. ADD. Yeah. <laughs> right. Noises. 
Well, the Bing search stuff, it's like it's like Google Desktop. It's like the same idea, you know, on your PC. Yep. But the way they sold it was like you said, you'd say Bing, Lego, and then a whole bunch of Lego games appear. And then you could say what Lego game. And then I'm like, seriously, I'm going to just be able to say Bing, Lego, and then I'm going to be able to play a different Lego game because that's what my interest is? Or am I going to have well, to... Well, you can also search the web, though, too, I thought. But they didn't sort of like it makes sense in like watching videos and stuff. But in the in the game aspect of like something like a Lego game, you have to get up and put a different disc in your damn Xbox. You have to get mm-hmm. up and put a different disc in your Xbox. Um, and that that sort of broke the experience for me because that's the first thing that popped in my mind. But if you're like saying, you know, bang, um, what was the castle or something like that? And you find the latest episode of your favorite show, it, especially if it connects to, say, Netflix and Hulu Plus yeah. or whatever services they offer. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. Um, you know, I have a Google TV and that's kind of the way that the Google TV works is that it'll pop up my viewing. If I type in a show name, for instance, it'll pop up Amazon on demand where I can buy it. YouTube trailers. Um, if it's on Netflix, if it's actually on my cable provider, when and showtimes, that stuff's all really neat. So if that stuff can come to Xbox, I guess that's you know, more power to them. But and I didn't even think uh, that far. I just thought it was um, a quick way to move around their marketplace. Yeah, it would be really nice just to say to that dive deep one, into yeah, yeah, you know, play Explosion Man instead of having to go through their you know three minutes of menus loading that it takes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's that's... a chance it might help out indie games too, which are really hard to get at and navigate through. That would be nice. That would be really nice. That was uh, one of the things that came out uh, when they launched was oh, I didn't even I'd never even heard of that. How do you get to it again? It's just, uh, they're just buried. And it happens to arcade games and everything else. Uh, it's just not an easy thing to to do on a console without a keyboard. All right. But uh, yeah, just running through it. Then the the, the TV stuff. They announced uh, they're gonna they quietly announced subtly that they're gonna start competing with the Comcast of the world. Right. Which is really um, interesting, but their provider list was really minimal. It yep, doesn't seem like they've yeah. traction. But it'll grow over time. I mean, it'll be interesting to see like how Xbox, PS3, Apple, Google, um, not so much Nintendo. I mean, they have kind of that little community thing, but I don't, I don't have a Wii, so I don't know how big it is. But um, it'll be interesting to see, like, as all these, like, you know, because they're trying to consolidate all this entertainment into like one hardware device. It's going to be really interesting to see who wins. Yeah, that's, that's a theme 10 of, years. Both, of both Microsoft and Sony, actually. And I think it's a, th- a theme of everybody. Even televisions today you, you buy come with all those apps and stuff in them. So, Right. Well, people, I mean, entertainment is moving from passive to interactive. I mean, for sure. I mean, that's where entertainment is going. There's always going to be a need for passive entertainment because people don't always want to be interacting with their stuff. But, like, it's clear that you know, you're going to have the capability in five, 10 years to be, you know, completely interactive with just like one device where you can get all different types of media through one device delivered digitally. And that's pretty, pretty cool. You know, thinking about all the different potential in the future, like what could happen there. And that gives, you know, Microsoft and Sony and Apple and Google, like totally new revenue opportunities, right? Right. Well, I, I used to think that the Xbox was was really leading the way in in regards to like Netflix integration and stuff like that. Until I got both, I have a Google TV and I have a Roku, and I think both of them win in comparison, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because they're so easily integrated in my in my actual 
typical media environment of watching TV. But they probably t- touched a lot more consumers than either of those did. The the Xbox does or the yeah you think? Oh yeah, yeah perhaps. I mean they're definitely moving forward in a very similar way. I mean um, more um, just numbers of bodies, number of people. Right, right. Not um, that they're doing it better. But I wonder too if like part of this, like what Xbox and and Sony are doing, um, has something a little bit to do with their business plan to their business model around because they sell their hardware at a loss. That's like the difference between them and Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't sell their hardware at a loss. They sell their hardware for a profit. Um, And so in order to sell your hardware for a loss, you have to make it up either on um, like royalties or licensing, you know, licensing fees, that kind of stuff. So you need sorry you need a lot of game developers (laughs) that are willing to pay those fees and then create blockbuster games or you know you're so you have to find other ways to get people to pay you to put content on the xbox because you're not making money on selling the hardware whereas like nintendo doesn't have that big of a problem with that because they sell their hardware for profit so they don't have to worry about it as much but they also you know the typical Nintendo Wii owner only owns maybe two or three games that are of any value. They probably, right. own a, you know, like in my neighborhood, there's a whole bunch of Wiis and they own Mario Kart and, you know, Mario Galaxy and, you know, the Wii Sports or whatever that came with it. And then they own a bunch of the really cheap $10 games and that's it. They've never really invested anything in games. Right. And anybody that, and I know a, that owns a, a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox, they, they have dozens of games in their closet somewhere. Right. And, you know, because the value proposition of the Wii is that it's a family console, right? It's family. And sure. and and it's cheaper development costs. So, like, for people developing on the Wii, it's cheaper to do it, right? So, those are the, the dual value propositions of, of Nintendo. Whereas, like, the value propositions for, like, PlayStation and Xbox is it's high-end, you know, core gamers right like latest and greatest stuff and um the console like the access to that console audience so it's like a little bit different yes but agreed it's it, cool it, it's very different it's nice that they're there actually it's it's really well rounding the whole thing <laughs> it, we're getting a little bit off topic of the microsoft press conference which i think is absolutely which we spent like a half hour on. Yeah, no, well, that's <laughs> I expected it sort of because it's the first one. But to quick roll up the the whole TV thing, I think that the you know taking a shot at the at the cable providers is 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 a good start. I'm hoping yep. that it grows some. Um, one of the things that they showed is is UFC, um, the the paid for fights thing. Yeah, uh, th- the pay per view. Yeah, of of UFC. I don't really care about UFC, but what I thought was really interesting was the idea of it being um, an interactive experience. Well, this is something that, that Microsoft experimented with before with like uh, one versus 100, like the, these sort of like interactive experiences of trivia. But in this case, it's like call the fight or you'd be able to pull up information. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, it's got potential for, especially in this example of UFC, but it, it, trying to imagine it in something like watching live TV with other people at the same time. I don't know, but it might work. Yeah, it depends on your crowd. Depends. I think on it's it interesting from a business perspective. Um, you know, when I gave up cable a while ago, this is one of the things I gave up. So I have to go to somebody else's house to watch UFC. 
Like I literally cannot buy it. Um, that's kind of interesting. I mean, I guess I could do it online, you know, on a PC and that's a little easier to hook to your TV these days, but, um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can shake out their content loose because a lot of the Comcast, you know, have, have got gotten content into the same kind of vertical market and locked a lot of it up. We'll see how that goes, but you know, it's sort of like they're thrown in with Redbox and everything else. Trying to, you know, uh, it's kind of a tangent, but YouTube is now doing um, 99 cent movie rentals. So oh, this, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just stuff is just diverging like crazy. So yeah. it, it, it seems like the business model these days, as opposed to like 20 years ago, has a much quicker cycle than, um, than it used to used to be. Because you know, like the uh, the the cable companies and the phone company were able to sit in their laurel for a long time, and then satellite came along and whatever. But now you got video game systems, you got phones, and everything's blurring. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's interesting. It's exciting. It's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. I, I really like the the prospect of interactiveness with things, much as Jacqueline was saying that that's where entertainment's going, and and that's very much my interest. Um, is is how those experiences can be, and it's a little bit less passive. There's been artistic experiments with, say, a passive choose your own adventure sort of television things or whatever. But I mean, that's very much where like Mass Effect is. But anyway, I, I think we can kind of round up with with and close out the Microsoft talk. Um, and sure. just jump into Sony if everybody's okay with that. Yep. Um, yep. Sony. So did you did you guys hear? I don't know. I think it was pretty low on the radar, but there's apparently some kind of issue with Sony's uh, online thing. Or I mean, no one was talking about that. But <laughs> what, what are you talking about? That kind of just told me <laughs> <laughs> that, that that Sony's got what a network outage, maybe something like that. They were they were the hacks. <laughs> 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 Xbox, call Sony. <laughs> um, so, yeah, all right. So, of course, the Sony press conference sort of led in with an apology for the network outage, which which, which I thought uh, Jack Trenton, the, the main guy presenting, I thought he did a pretty decent job of it, um, which which is debatable in the, in the game journalism media, so-called, um, how he actually handled it. But I thought he did an okay job. He basically said, you know, we apologize to... You know, he he made a jab at the media saying, you're welcome, basically. We gave you something to write about. Um, and then he said, you know, we apologize to our, our uh, developers that are out there and they're the ones suffering because they're not making sales. And we apologize to our users for for the for their inconvenience. And, and he didn't really ex- ex- explain much more beyond that. And that was fine. I thought it was it was OK. I mean, he didn't make a big deal of it, which was probably for the best, but still made a yeah, They're paying a lot of money for those 10 minutes right there. Yep. It would have been awesome to see him run around on stage on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Or like if there's a light-up poncho on an elephant. I, I don't <laughs> want to see it if it's in 3D. <laughs> I can't they can the 3D. They just, <laughs> this 2D fire running around on the stage just doesn't do it for me anymore. <laughs> they did do their whole their whole uh, keynote. They gave glasses to everybody in the audience. They did the whole thing in 3D on the screens. Oh. I thought that yeah. was interesting. I really wanted to know how that worked. Like if you're in the weird way back, if it would still work. It must have been passive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're not going to uh, hand $70 glasses to everybody in the room. That's true, of course. I thought that was interesting because alternatively, Nintendo, they, they commented in their press conference that you can't do that. But, can't do what? Present a 3D thing on a big giant screen so everybody oh. can see the the wonders of 3D. 
a little bit different because they have a 3ds and they're you know they're not talking about 3d with their new announcement but we'll get to that um anyway they uh sony part of the one thing was the the free games out there um i don't actually own a ps3 i haven't been able to justify one yet hmm. uh i know you own one zach how'd that yep. um well so uh i haven't given my ps3 a fair shake because i threw in with the xbox earlier um but on the other hand, it, it it's not kind to me. Uh, one of the jokes in our house about the PS3 is every time you fire it up, it wants to do an update, and it's painfully slow. And yeah, uh, we, we do it. I we turn it on a couple times a week, and that's exactly what happens every third time. Um, and actually, I, I, it hurt so much, I went and looked into it, and there's something about certain home networks that PSN just does not get along with for downloads, and Xbox just sails away like every other internet thing in the world. Um but that aside, uh, I got a free copy of Infamous One, which I haven't played yet, and I'm excited because that's a nice open sandbox game from a great studio. Um, and the download took three hours, on the other hand. So Oof. some Saturday, I just set it up and left. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... And it was very difficult to navigate to get it, but I got it. It was free. So they're that's... just... They're just not. They're just not there on the on the. To network. their credit, they probably had a pretty high network load as well. Oh yeah, definitely. So so that probably played some role in that. But I but I have also heard the jabs that if you own a PlayStation Three, you play the update game. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and if you don't, just leave the damn thing on, which is one of the pluses of being a PlayStation Plus owner or whatever you, where you subscribe to their service, is that they will do that for you automatically. Oh, interesting. So yeah, if you own if you do the PlayStation Plus, they will. I guess hot fix you if they will they will push updates to you and it'll happen you know sort of when you're not there yeah that would be kind of nice yeah i don't know how much is a is a playstation plus service because i know xbox is a pay for xbox gold which is 50 or 60 bucks a year depending yeah i'm not sure anyway it just hasn't been that compelling they they offer the matchmaking for free um which is really the thing that most most gamers care about on an xbox that they want to pay for and then yep. everything else is a little tiny bonus right yeah they don't have the same market i don't think yep. um okay well one interesting thing that um sony was saying was you know how popular they are in regards to leading the way in interactive uh, multimedia and one of those things they said was that um a recent study uh says that of netflix streaming ps3 devices lead with 30% of the market on downloading from Netflix through gaming consoles. Um, I was a little bit skeptical. I looked it up and I found this, the report, and, and that's true, actually. Um, Xbox is behind at 25%, and um, uh, PC is 20%, and Wii is you know 11%. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at, people that, there's nobody. Pl- it means that nobody's playing games on their PS3 because they're watching Netflix. <laughs> or well, that's, a, that's a good point. But you know, in all honesty, man, most of the people on my friends list on my Xbox are are doing uh, Netflix. So yeah, yeah, you know, if my husband keeps doing what he's doing, I'm pretty sure Xbox will get to 35 percent by the end of this year. <laughs> all by himself. <laughs> and um. Somebody made a good point that that you know a PS3 potentially leads because uh, you don't have to pay for it. Now in the the Xbox you have to have a gold account, which means you have to pay the sixty dollars a year, yep. right? Um, in order to be able to do it, which if you're a big gamer you're already doing that probably because uh, you kind of have to for online gaming. But yep. the PS3 you don't, um, and I think that that would play a role. 
and and I personally think that just the fact that I think that Blu-ray uh, being a player in the PS3 is is one of those selling points that also made it integrated into your home console TV mm -hmm. area. Yeah. Right, and so people who are already movie buffs, right, who enjoy movies, would don't care about games. Buy, yeah. Would probably buy a PS3, and so they would watch Netflix. Yeah, they have Netflix, and they're already using it as their DV as their Blu-ray player. Right. So I don't know how true that is, but I have a feeling that that plays some role in it. And you know, to to Sony's credit, I mean, that's the whole Blu-ray kind of sell there too. But um, they they right. We won't get into that. Um. One of the, the other announcements, which was really strange at the time until you thought about it, was uh, they announced a TV, a 3D TV, uh, best in class, they called it, affordable. And um, <laughs> yeah, they announced TV paired with a pair of glasses and uh, Resistance 3 um, coming would be $499, 24-inch. 24-inch, that's the, yeah. Yep, and it's not passive, it's uh, shutter, right? Yep, active shutter glasses, and then it's got one little gimmick uh, that makes it unique. Um, if you throw another $70 down for a second pair of glasses, um, two people can use the TV and see two completely different things full screen. So it's not split screen, it's it's full screen, you each see your own thing. And supposedly there was ghosting as you'd expect, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Um, because <laughs> I, just, I, I don't see that working for the price. Um, I don't see it working for the price, and none of the developers are supporting two-player same-seat games, really. Yep, it, it mm -hmm. takes a special patch and a special API on the PlayStation 3 only. And and unless you've got the people to support it, and it doesn't cost you a lot to develop to do it, right? Why yep. would a developer say, you know, of a cross-platform game, go and make, you know, this very special situation and not do split-screen, yep. but do this? I, I think it's neat. It's one of those like tricks of the way that the 3D works that you can make it work so that yeah. you guys can both play on the same TV. You know, it's the same thing where you could watch two different channels. You and your significant other could watch two different shows at the same yep. time, even. But um, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. And right, right. It's six hundred dollars now with the second pair of glasses, and you like to share a twenty-four inch screen. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it just seems like one of those things that anybody. Yeah, it. it as a reference point, I mean, uh, we got we got a bargain basement 1080p TV, but it's a 42 inch, you know, for 300 to 400 dollars. Uh, so passive? you know, half the price, bigger, twice as big. 3D passive? No, just a regular TV. Oh, regular TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, in terms of 3D, um, no, they've they've got passive 3D TVs hitting the market for around 500 dollars. Um, and there, the glasses are, you know, four dollars, or just bring them home from the theater. <laughs> so yeah. uh big big difference and you know especially yeah, this, with, like, this with my only, kids only 24 inches too yep and actually vizio has an exact well uh exact same concept different technology different results but um you can share the screen and these passive screens every other horizontal line is what goes to each eye or in you know sharing mode you only see every other line on, on your pair of glasses um and nobody wants that. It's neat, but <laughs> just like 3D, I, you know, it's not, neat, but not not really. This whole 3D craze thing is one of those things that just drives me nuts because yeah. I don't I don't believe in the 3D experience when it comes to movies. I just it I don't I don't I'm one of those people that doesn't really feel it. 
Video games, on the other hand, is something that I, I've never really experienced, but I think has got potential if it's done right. But one of the biggest problems of it is there's so many options. There's no like solid one solution. Yep, not yet. And, and that makes it a, a huge problem because you don't know what to buy. You don't know what works. You don't know what's supported. I, I just can't see it as for being, it because it's all different. Yeah, and I just see it as being a big giant fail because the, the market's too broad almost. Like there's no ultimate solution. It'll now, settle on the cheapest thing, right? Which it'll, is passive, and it'll get there pretty soon. Hopefully, and then maybe maybe it'll actually actually meet something. But then Sony announcing, and and the reason why it was kind of strange in a in this conference was that why are they announcing a TV? But if you think about it, they're also a big. It's Sony. They're also a hardware manufacturer in so many ways. Yep. But it makes sense for them to make a gaming television. Um, yeah, it just seems. I don't know. I don't know if there's an actual market for this game. I think it's one of those things where people will say, oh, neat, but what works on it? And it'll be the way of Nintendo, you know, where there's one game that actually comes out for that piece of hardware or or whatever. Okay. Then I think that... I'm sorry. <laughs> the the main thing that they were showing of, of Substance is their new portable. Well, before we go there, we, we need to mention that... Um, Sony tried to, you know, talk a whole bunch about their move stuff. So they demoed up a whole bunch of uh, games and and whatnot that use move. And they sure did. And that's about all I want to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I think that the general reaction from consumers has been kind of the same. But as as much as Sony might try to push it otherwise, but do you own any move stuff, Zach? Nope. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how well it's doing. But um, anyway, hopping on what you were saying, yes. Go run with it. Okay. The Sony Vita, uh, their new handheld. Um, it's uh, like the PSP. It's it's kind of the highest end gaming handheld hardware out there. Touchscreen on the front. Uh, a unique touchscreen on the back, which I like the idea of a lot. You don't stick your hand right over the thing you're trying to look at. And then uh, dual analog joysticks, which aren't just little nubs. Um, and then a nice big OLED screen. And what looks to be a pretty dang powerful uh, GPU um, to the highly subsidized price of $250. Yeah, that's which, amazing. Which is amazing. Uh, yeah, same price as a 3DS, much more powerful. Much nicer screen. So that's actually, to, to Sony's credit, they actually price the damn thing at a place where people will look at it. Yep. Because they, they made the mistake of last year's press conference of announcing the PSP Go at some <laughs> ridiculous price, and, and I think their sales were very much in response to that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird, too, if you think about the, them as a company announcing all these handhelds all the time, and they just kind of never really solidify on anything. But um, one, one thing to note with this is that it's download-only games, which hmm. I thought was noteworthy. Is that for sure, or does it? Have that's like what a... I. That's what I had seen. Now maybe I'm wrong, but but it seems that was the way the go was, right? Well, and I thought the they go got burned was. on that, yeah. Um, but I mean, if you sell this thing at two fifty, offer PlayStation three experiences on the thing, and you have to download, it seems like it makes sense to me in what Sony would present. So maybe I'm wrong. I I, I personally don't like the download idea in the game regard, but um. It is nice just to have all your games on it, but it's also, at least me, maybe I'm at that age where I kind of like to 
own that game and be able to get rid of it. But now, now it's so so. Now that uses AT and T. Oh, I shoot. Yeah, I think someone wanted to present that or something like that. But so, so that's going to get phone service through AT and T. Is that? Yeah. Or... So the the two fifty version, the two hundred fifty dollars subsidized whatever two hundred fifty dollars version is Wi Fi. So it would work on your home network. Gotcha. That's how you'd get everything, you know. And then there's a three hundred dollar version that comes with an AT and T Gasp plan, and um, um, that would be, you know, the anywhere you go download kind of thing, kind of like a connect. Except or... it's AT and T, so right. That's... Not really anywhere you go. Well, you get three G. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else. Jacqueline was cutting out a little bit as she said that, so that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really thought it was great how the audience booed and then uh, they quickly faded that out of the mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, you know, now that you mentioned it, I was like, oh, that was kind of a very subtle boo. But the, the sound <laughs> guy, yeah, that would probably make sense. The sound guy was just really quick to respond. So the, yeah. um, I, I was just peeking real quick at the Vita storage. It's got some kind of removable storage that looks just like an SD card, but isn't because Sony likes proprietary storage. Yeah, so but what's that going to be? I mean, is that just going to be your SD card where you actually store? Looks like you might swap them in and out, yeah, and maybe you do download them. That's strange. I, I've heard download only. You know, whatever. It is what it is. It's an interesting device. It's not doesn't really line up with, with what I want out of a handheld, but nope. I, I'm still curious to try. Um, I do like that rear touchpad thing it's got going on i think that's a really cool feature yeah that's a very neat feature i think i i didn't really understand it at first and then i started thinking about it and yeah it's that's awesome it's a way to touch the screen without actually getting in the way of it it's brilliant right it's totally brilliant and i mean it's really intuitive well know? i'm hoping i'm hoping that they can they can let developers develop games that use that because like the the ds to 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 throw out, you know, like the DS, the, the alternative handheld of many years and great success, is that it doesn't really play to hardcore games. It plays to like, you know, little shuffleboard games and card games and stuff. And you're using a, a stylus, so it's never really in your way as much as your finger or your hand is. It plays really well for puzzle games and stuff. So I'm hoping that that this Vita, they really sell it as this hardcore piece of machine carry your PlayStation 3 with you in your hand and get those same immersive experiences. That's not really what I want out of a handheld. Like I want just like turn it on, turn it off kind of thing that the DS gives me. Or at least that's what I found the most enjoyment out of. I'm wondering if that back touch screen can actually support some of those things as well. And I, I see a lot of potential with what they presented at their at their press conference as being support of that sort of stuff. So imagine like, here's just a quick scenario. Like, uh, you know, the fable game comes out and, um, fable has, has some like mini game in it, but yet on the PS3 Vita or the, the PSV, PSV, PSV Vita, you can play that mini game and earn money on your main game or something like that. And they took it a step farther on their demo where it was the same game, which obviously um, you can't do for every type of title, but then they just saved the game and then moved between portable and, uh, you know, their home console entertainment center, high def view of it and resumed it. That's it's pretty cool. interesting as a demo. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. 
And then everybody asked, well, do I buy a $60 game or do I buy two $60 games to do that? And yeah, they didn't answer. That's that's the big question. Because yeah. They're going to try to get as much money out of you as they can. Yeah. Um, it'd be really awesome if they put the two together. Yep. It would make the most sense for them to put the two together from a you know a engagement way. Well, and and uh, if but you've they, got if you go all in on the online like Steam, you can do that and not lose too much money. You know, you buy your PC Steam game, you get a free Mac game. Get, and they even crossed over Portal Two to the PS3. Mm-hmm. You buy that PS3 disc, you get a free PC copy. Yeah, it's and pretty neat. They're connected to the same account, so you can't actually you know sell one of the two. Yep. And that, you know, just to emphasize that too, is one of the strong points that that the PlayStation or Sony conference, press conference was making was that they're really trying to integrate those experiences together. So I I can't remember one of the, what the game was, but there was one that they were saying that you will play online matches between uh, Vita players and PlayStation 3 players. And I believe it was Hmm. a racing game of one, might've been Mod Mod Nation Racers, can't remember what, but. I can do what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, if that's true, I mean, I'm a little jaded because if you actually watch these press conferences and then compare what they say to what they actually do a year or yeah. two later, it's never really in alignment. But mm-hmm. but there's always that potential of things, right? So hopefully some of that stuff will, will come to fruition. So I'd say that one of the other notable things about the Vita demo was... um. They're doing this weird, well, based on the demo, it seemed like they're trying to take their one AAA game and sell it to casual people as well that can't play games. And apparently just have a lot of disposable income to buy $60 games instead of $2 games. And um, they showed, well, you can play um, this Uncharted game with a joystick and the buttons like normal. Or, and maybe this is just a tech demo, you know. Or you can just drag a trace a path along all these brightly colored handhelds and climb the cliff. Uh, with just one swipe of your finger, no. Yeah, I thought that was no funny. skill involved. Well, and that was my comment <laughs> to you when we were watching it: is like they're just taking the gameplay out of this, and not that yeah. it was gameplay anyway, because there's only one path you have to platform along anyway. I mean, which is sort of one of my complaints actually about game gaming in general is that you're just given one path and you just sort of have to walk it. Um, and that's very much what a lot of those platform games like Uncharted yeah. seem to do is they don't really engage you that way and now they're taking you don't even walk now any of the skill that required timing and button pressing which you know requires a little bit of skill is now taken away because you just drag a path from here's where i want to swing and it just does it for you because you drew a path it's like a maze where there is no alternatives it's just a big spiral (laughs) (laughs) it's like yay i've made it to the center anyway don't won't go into into depth on that because I haven't played it for real. But that that was sort of a complaint of that because I also thought that they like they were in a shootout and he just touched, sort of pointed at the guy and then, you know, the character just sort of stood up and shot him. Like yay! I don't even have to aim anymore. Yeah, it was interesting. We'll see if that goes to market that way or not, or if a bunch of titles do. It do- doesn't make sense to me. Right. Different people, different price points, different things they're looking for it which you know is a topic in and of itself is like really are games games anymore or are they just sort of like experiences that you think you're engaging in because like yeah. a, a shooter where you've got the dual sticks or your keyboard and mouse it takes a certain amount of skill to be good and and 
And that's going to be true even if it's a touch interface where you just touch the guy you have to shoot, right? Because that's the same thing as like aiming your Wiimote or aiming your move controller or aiming your connect invisible pretend gun. Um, those are all are true. But other than some um, are just more easy than others. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, you know, after the age of three or four, anybody can tap a certain spot on the screen. It takes a little bit of practice to uh, hold your arm and aim a gun. Yep. But then more immersive as well. <laughs> you know, alternatively, is like um, a lot of these games give you assistance. So I, I remember I was playing, I, I had my friend over. I showed him Far Cry 2 saying, look at this game. Isn't it amazing? And he played it and he just sucked. And he quick handed me the remote because like two guys came up on him. And I got two quick headshots. And he's like, holy crap, you're good. And yeah. one thing he didn't realize is that it sort of helps you snap to their heads when you're moving really fast. It gives you a little bit of aim assist, but... You know, you something really excited. <laughs> something else I, I've I've kind of thought about too is there were a lot of games, you know, that it, it takes a long time to get into, and some some hardcore gamers were griping that um it if it, if it, you're making it too easy, you know, you're losing the game. But sometimes, times I feel like is it is it is it really you're just memorizing stuff and you you're getting you're not necessarily really good at a game. You're just really good at learning the interface. And is that really being better at a game, or is it just? I don't know if that makes any sense. What I'm asking, but sure. Well, no, I know. Um, you're saying totally the difference between Twitch skills and strategy, right? Right. Yeah. It, or even interface, like you know, some kind of really cool interface with with uh, like the Connect, which I'd really like to see, like a fighting game where you could actually move around. Um, I don't know. It, it it's kind of like a long debate that I've always kind right. of had within myself. You're just really good at moving that rook around on that chessboard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I, I, I will engage you in that conversation anytime because I have a lot of opinions on that. Like there's a lot of kids games where they're not, it's like Candyland where they're, the game, the end result of that game is determined by the shuffle. It's mm -hmm, not determined right. by any skill at all. And there's right. lots mm -hmm. of games that are that way. I wouldn't say that these games are that way, but, but that is, even though it's still considered a game, it's not a game. But uh, we parties that way. Well, Mario, it's Mario still... Kart, a certain level. Oh, I hate it's... Mario Kart. I'm actually one of those people that doesn't like Mario Kart. And yeah, it's not my favorite game. I don't. I mean, you know, game is a pretty broad category yeah. definition. Um, but yeah, I I'm actually excited for all of these alternative ways of interacting, and I really hope that we get away from shooters and stuff like that, just because it's not. There's just too many of them. <laughs> like, yeah. It's 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 like the mechanic is easy, the feedback loop is short, and so we just you know people respond to it, and so we just keep doing it over and over. It's like it's like we made a generation of like Pavlovian kids, right? That, you know, well, you, you know not to to hop on that, but I mean Microsoft's big announcement was 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 a big a new Halo game, right? Right, yeah, right, yeah. Game. We just keep making the stuff, same and then, stuff. So announces a new a new Resistance Three, of course, right? And, you know, in Resistance, the series to me has always been like, quick, rush, get up to that next trigger point where we can play the next little <laughs> quick animated sequence for you. And look, you're almost going to be in danger, but really you're not. But it feels like it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I still like those experiences to some extent. Um, uh, you know, I, I mentioned Far Cry a little bit. I'm one of the people that really enjoyed the Far Cry, Far Cry 2 experience. But you liked it because it had a Far simulation yeah, aspect. Yeah, but... Yeah. But it also required some skill and knowledge of the, of the way to play the game. 
but mm-hmm. I won't get into that now. But I'll agree with you. I think that the experiences can be good. I think the experiences in the general audience sense of things is, is where it just it becomes dumbed down, repetitive. But that's also kind of what people like. Yeah, I mean, I think people do like, you know, but then there's things like, like StarCraft where, I mean, that there is some serious strategy involved with that, right? It's not just like, you know, having the Twitch, you need to figure out how to manage all these resources, manage this army and uh, anticipate what your enemies are doing, like all at the same time. And it's crazy. Um, So there's, I don't know, there's hope out there, I guess. But I mean, I, I, I constantly get frustrated with like, like these things in the past made money they already have like people that are already on board. So, hey, let's just milk them until, like, yeah, right. you oh. know, they can't take it anymore. Well, let me and, put, uh, put one example out there is like, uh, okay, Bioshock, right? I, I saw the trailers for it. I was like, what? You got to be kidding me. Why do people care? Why do they care? And, and I look at it and I'm like, oh, well, look at that. He's casting magic or shooting. Yay. It's a first person shooter magic casting game. I'm kind of bored right. with that. But yeah. then you, you play it. Have you ever played it? Have you mm-hmm. played Bioshock? Yeah. I played yeah. the first Bioshock, yeah. Because like, I played it, and I'm thinking it was going to be horrible. And I adored that game. Mm-hmm. It, it had these really... really awesome elements where, like, okay, so you cast magic. Sure, it's lightning. But guess what? They're standing in water. Or there's, mm-hmm. or there's oil, and that lights on fire. And you've got fire magic. And there's Big Daddy experiences with, oh, my God, what do I do? You know, I'm shitting my pants right now. They did some really great stuff, even in that shooter genre, and I was totally down on it when I first saw it. Like, why do people want more of this? And then they did really well with it. And granted, to the point where they're making a third version of Bioshock, but, you know, still. There is space for that to still have improvement, but there is also, like, another Modern Warfare, another Resistance. (laughs) Every year. Yeah. And and they sell. And the experiences, they don't really change that much. Yeah. But the graphics do, and a little bit of this or that. They do a small amount of iteration that makes it enjoyable in that same sort of way. And, you know, entertainment's for everybody. So even if it is sort of dumb, I mean, that would be network television. Well, right. It's not supposed to be, like, and not all entertainment has to be, like, really cerebral, right? I mean, that's the point. You're, you're tuning out for a little bit. Like, you want to get away from the stuff you have to deal with like in your real life right that's like kind of the point of entertainment a little bit if if everything in your life was like super awesome and not stressful like you would need to be entertained (laughs) (laughs) well said i like it i think too it's important to look at as a genre who's crusty now and it'll pass eventually i mean just think of the poor guy that just loved to watch only westerns in the movie theater oh very well. And now he gets to see a couple movies a year. <laughs> that the time will come for FPSs. There'll be some other. Yeah, but you know what though? Like, what didn't change about that is that there's still like that kind of like, it's, it's now not a western, but it's that same like rebel renegade. Yep. Like the theme. I'm yeah. I'm a little bit above the law. It's just more modern. It's like the modern cowboy. It just it's the same, like kind of Greek heroic. Thing that just keeps repeating that theme never it's the same as fps it's the same thing like <laughs> but, but to put it into another expe- perspective you know you know 20 years ago they would say with amazing effects special effects you've never seen before that yeah. was a selling point and now you can't say that because that's a given on everything even from romantic comedies they do mm-hmm. stupid special effects 
it, you can't make that bragging point anymore. So things will change. There will be something that makes, you know, that stuff become different or evolve. So it, that's a very I big topic, topic to come out of this so press conference. discussion. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry. it started on Nintendo yet. So I want to do one more diversion before we move on on, on the genre thing, just because <laughs> I won't remember never... that. That Let's long. never invite Zach again because okay. they're like five hours long. Like every time <laughs> I told you, nerdgasm. This stuff is amazing. Oh. But um, I just wanted to say, uh, so Tori, uh, one of your games, the uh, Dins Cursor. I don't remember if it was a sequel, but some some guy in the Ars Technica gaming forum, he, he called it a public service announcement. Everybody has to try this game, and he was just geeking <laughs> out because it actually simulates things, and there's not a you know there's not a preset path, and you can actually lose terribly. He's like, yeah, so I had this town and I went down into the dungeon, but then some bad guys came out and just killed half the people. And by the time I got up there, this town was a mess. And it's like there's a big revelation that, you know, actually simulates things and the outcome's not predetermined, you know, in the lineup with the next cutscene, and just how wonderful that is. And yeah, I, I really like that. Oh, that's good to hear. It's cool. That's, Very cool. Very cool. That's where all PC games started, you know, it's just you know, simulate this little limited world and see what you can do in it. And Yeah. It moved very far away from that. I I happen to be a f- big fan of the game, but I'm a little bit biased. So, um, <laughs> but no, it's 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 cool to hear that other people around you have heard of it too. It it makes me think of that uh, development story of I think it was Oblivion. Is is they were chasing down bugs? Yeah. And one of the bugs was that they had a guy in a jail cell and he constantly was dead, and and they didn't know why. And it turned out because the way they built that system is. The characters, the guards, for instance, they mm-hmm. would get hungry, and so they would go kill him and put whatever he had on it, <laughs> in hopes of being fulfilled or something like that. It was actually sort of one of those things that their their AI for their characters became detrimental to the actual gameplay. And yeah. you know they solved it or whatever it was, but it's still kind of funny. Being part of that development cycle probably would be really fun, though. Actually, yeah, no kidding. Until you, they're telling you to fix this bug. Or you can't go home. <laughs> yeah, right. Good point. I, I know the the maw. I don't. I'm sure you guys probably don't know what the maw is, but the maw is had this environment where the creatures would interact with each other, and these certain creatures would attack another creature, and there was a certain physics bug that would make them like shoot hundreds of miles in the air. So every once <laughs> they would just go on, and they're like, "Where are those creatures?" <laughs> every once in a while, there would be one that rained back down on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's raining moths. Yeah, it's raining, you know, whatever creature just is supposed to run around on the train. It's sort of funny. Uh, those sort of bugs that pop up in those games that are very interactive experiences of, of simulations. It, yeah. the, the interaction of simulations is, is causes for all sorts of awkwardness and what the hells. All right, well, we better hop off the uh, the Sony press conference here and jump on Nintendo because I'm sure we've got some <laughs> stuff to say about Nintendo. Um, and before we get to the big announcements, maybe we should just quick say that, the, in my opinion, the 3DS, you know, I got some love at the press conference and maybe I was just too sleepy at, at 6 o'clock in the evening when I watched it. Um, they announced uh, five games for it I won't even go into, but it didn't seem to get a whole lot of love in comparison. But I know that they, they released their store very soon after their press conference yep and i think zach I th- i'm betting you're the only one out of all of us that actually owns a 3ds yep and i'm i'm, ex- I'm also thinking you have a certain amount of buyer's remorse 
Uh, that's a long story, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the store is kind of some of the stuff I've been waiting for. The thing I was most excited about and continue to wait a little bit for is the augmented reality stuff. The 3D screen is a gimmick. Uh, I, I think it would have been better without it because the battery would have lasted longer. It essentially means they had to double the backlight, which is why you have a three-hour battery instead of you know, whatever, five, six hours. But um, yeah, the store's there and you can get stuff. And actually, I'll, I'll throw in another uh, a wild card one here. Um, if I can remember the name. Oh, uh, um, it, it's a Japanese thing so that name it doesn't come across really well it's just called picture picture lives um and it's it's a little bit of this content creation and watch it come to life kind of stuff but you know it works really nice with the where you can draw directly on the screen and um that's what i'm looking forward to cool. uh, being able to download but uh yeah the store came out and it, it's there yeah, have you used the store at all yet other than just like yep they gave away a few downloads um oh and that's what you got 3d version of excite site bike and uh is it any better than the the Wii store which is kind of terrible kind of yeah it's easier to navigate around it's more responsive i don't know if it was okay. something about our my the Wii in my house and the wireless connection it was always very laggy and very painful hmm. i didn't feel that way the downloads still take a while but um and the categories are there they're kind of arbitrary but uh you know it, it wasn't rough to browse it i felt felt decent doing it and they've brought over some of the DSI titles. Okay. Um, Big John stuff was in there. That's kind of fun to see. Was it really? Yeah. Cool. Yep. And they have they, they announced oh, something right. where uh, if you bought a bunch of DSI downloadable things, there's going to be a way to port them to your 3DS. I didn't look into the details because I didn't have oh, one. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice to see a local dev in that regard, yeah? Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yep. And not the only local dev. Monster is in there too, I suppose. Uh, I don't know if they've done any DS, have they? They've done Wii. Well, they did, uh, I mean, they did the launch title. They didn't do any downloadable. They did uh, the pilot. Oh, okay. oh, gotcha, gotcha. Which yep, is yep. a cartridge. Which is, <laughs> wow. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. They're known for really stellar games. Although their presentations have been really good. So, we love monster games. So, there was also a pretty big announcement at the Nintendo E3 conference. Pretty big and pretty confusing, yeah. Yeah, they finally released the Vitality Sensor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've been looking forward to. Actually, they had an orchestra. <laughs> Can we confuse anybody that doesn't know anything about this anymore? An orchestra is so good they can play two Zelda themes at once. Um <laughs> Because it is both we and you at the same time. Yes. Right. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> oh, you must have went it's to still university. <laughs> um, so, yes, Tori is alluding to the fact that Nintendo announced their new console, which... Only everybody watching didn't know if it was a console or a controller. Yeah, you weren't quite <laughs> sure if it was a controller console or what. But it turns out Wii U was announced, and they only focused on the controller. And um, which is part of the console. Actually, the console looks a lot like the white uh, Xbox, or at least from the pictures they showed. And um, apparently it sits there and communicates wirelessly to the large tablet-like controller. Yeah. And I thought um, 
it wasn't uh didn't work quite as good as when they announced you know it was called the revolution but the nintendo wii uh where everybody instantly said wow that's that's something that's something new and uh you know i had my doubts if they could pull it off but if you know it just instantly made everybody want to try it because you move your arms and, and you know you control the games this is you got a big tablet jammed in the center of your joystick yeah, the, the Wii, I was definitely, I didn't see it. I didn't understand it when they announced it. I thought it was, like, crazy. And, and I'll admit the same thing when I saw the, the DS the first time. I'm like, two yeah, screens? Cool. Crazy Nintendo. <laughs> Strange-looking controller, motion control. There's Nintendo being weird again. <laughs> and then there's something that comes along that you're like, whoa, wow. And I remember in, in the case of the Wii, I saw a video of a dude playing golf with his daughter, his four-year-old daughter, and I'm like, you know, awesome like literally i was blown away and then i yep. wanted one i'm like i get it now that that it you know it, if it really gave that experience that was demonstrated which it kind of does but it cheats a lot to do it um that's fine but um i don't know i'm not i'm in that same boat now with the wii u is is it really this amazing thing or isn't it i you know for I found out about this at our last uh, last IGDA meeting. So just to just to plug that you guys should attend our meetings because you find out stuff if you aren't uh, keeping up as well as you should. But um, I had a brief moment of skepticism, and then I just got really pumped about this controller because um, there's so many things I wanted to do when I'm when you're using a console that this could this would suddenly solve. Um, but it, there's so many cool things, and we talked about this a little bit at the the thing. Um, the IGDA meeting too, but like, you know, you could have a really cool inventory management uh, right on that screen right there. Um, you can have different things going on. You could use it as a, you know, rear view. Um, I, I, I thought it'd be really cool if you could use it to set up your own custom interface. So set up special buttons for doing special things. Um, and I also thought it'd be really good for menu navigation. Uh, and um, I, I don't know. I see so much potential. The, my my biggest reservation, honestly, is is if it's going to be comfortable to use. Right. But yeah. That's, I'm I, with you there. Yeah, I'm not seeing that exactly. But okay, just I I agree. I I actually really applaud Nintendo for having something very unique and revolutionary. And I think that there's a lot of games that could be really great on a device like that. But if if you take a step back and see what's really successful on Wii, right? It's games like Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart. If you take those games that are really big, and maybe a Zelda or something, right? With, I don't, is there a new Zelda on Wii? I don't even think there is. Um, you take those really successful Wii games, and now imagine how do you use a controller that's got a tablet screen on it to make that game better? How do you do that? How do you make uh, Super Mario Galaxy better and have a screen in your lap well, the, versus the, the, just the controller, you know? The thing I think could actually make a big difference uh, versus the Wiimotes uh, with, you know, a lot of third-party problems because Nintendo's games use them way better than anybody else is that tablets have been around for quite a while now and a lot of people know how to work that interface. So I think this could be a really cool combination because you got consoles that don't do tablet stuff and you got tablets that don't do console stuff, but all of a sudden you've got two groups of people that know how to do both things. Granted, they're not working together as much, but Mm -hmm. I think this... This could, this really could do a good job. No, if Nintendo clamps down and lets developers not do a lot of things that they want to do, then that could really screw it up. But I think this is a good poise for them. Yeah, I, 
it, it's it definitely is in that potential category. But what I expect to come out of Wii U is Hot Potato, the game, and literally it's a hot potato, and you just pass around the controller until somebody has the hot potato. That that's sort of the the, the extreme of this of the environment I expect to come out of it. And sure. I hate to be so negative, but I, I'm very concerned that it won't get the adoption that's appropriate for it. I other think, than I, other I think than, Nintendo might force it. Perhaps, and maybe they can really, really push that too. Maybe, maybe it, you know, I've heard it said that that literally the the Wii U is turning your TV into the a DS. Is that you've got the TV as the big main screen, and your Wii U controller now is your sub screen, your touch interface yeah. for your TV. And if if that's true, um, it could be really great. There could be some really good interactive environment things that happen there. Where your screen is Professor Layton animations, and your tablet is the actual slide the blocks around thing. Yep, and then the the Nintendo demo is kind of just focused mainly on the fact that uh, asymmetrical gameplay, where I can see something on my tablet that you guys can't see, so hide and seek, and mm-hmm. yeah, I thought their, their demos were kind of you know like oh I'll try that once. Um, yeah, but there is potential bit. in that. I, Yep. It, it and and to their credit too is they didn't give a whole lot of details other than you know 1080p and yep you know wireless um, to the to the tablet the tablet actually doesn't have any processing in it yep it yeah just pure video re- decode decode re- oh wow okay it requires the console to be running and pushes to it and you have to be pretty close it's some kind of roughly you know blue Bluetooth like protocol where uh, I don't think Bluetooth has a bandwidth for this but. You have to be, you know, 10, 20 feet away from it. You can't walk upstairs or walk outside or anything like that. Um, and one of the neat, uh, one of the neat side effect things was um, that you know, kids playing playing a game and and somebody walks in to watch their show or their football game, and you can just sw- switch your TV view over to the touchpad and continue. Um, if it if you're playing a single screen kind of game, right? That was going to be my point too. Is is that the majority of what they were showing were not single screen games? And I still left uh, uncompelled, um, but still want to understand because they're not dummies. They know what they're doing. Um, that it, it doesn't always come across in the translation and everything uh, until you actually hold it and see it. But uh, one of the things I, I got uh, post post our meeting was um, when they made the Wii. One of their motivations was it's always on it's a part of your life. It's not something you do for an hour, you know, on Saturday. So that's why it would always light up and harass you when you're walking by. Cause you know, Oh my God, some update came from somewhere. <laughs> oh, it'd glow and, that blue flashing. Yep. And uh, it didn't work out the way they wanted. So with this one, they're thinking it's always on. It's in a low power mode. And you just pick up your tablet and poke at it and then set it back down. So that's an interesting idea there too. Um, yeah, that's not, that's interesting. I hadn't even seen that. And in terms of gameplay, the only thing I saw that was compelling um, is essentially bringing PC to the console. There's a video that we can go look for. It's a Ghost Recon Online video um, for Wii U. And basically it's just showing people, um, you know, having their FPS on their TV and having their, their mini-map on their tablet and setting waypoints for each other and coordinating attack movement plans and that kind of thing. Um, and then obviously everybody is playing together they can see the other person setting a waypoint for them and head towards it yeah. so there's some potential cool. there well it, the it's first that, thing that the screen second screen idea yeah the first thing that came to my mind was like the 
the the football make the play kind of thing where you pick oh yeah play, oh, but not just yeah, obvious one buddy right but i haven't played a football game in years so <laughs> um <laughs> you know i'm thinking back to uh tecmo bowl where you had to quick kind of sneak in your pick so that your your guy there if he was paying too much attention he'd know exactly what you were doing yeah but yeah, and it'll there's... be nice for Netflix too because you can just use the keyboard on it to type in <laughs> to watch your Netflix. <laughs> hey, and would you be able to watch a Netflix movie on that while someone else stole the TV? So this could be good for you, Jackie, what? or vice versa. That's oh. true. That is true. <laughs> like, you know, if if you think about it in a lot of ways, except that I don't want to play on that little thing. Like, I mean, wait, wait, wait! I... You just got a, an iPad and you're excited about it. Right, but I have a thirty-inch. I mean, I like I wouldn't. I have a thirty-inch monitor, right? But, but so, if, but if the gaming experience is right for that tablet, would you want to? Right, play, but right? if I'm playing something on the TV, my point is, is if I'm playing yes. something on the TV, oh. and then you know, Mike comes in here and is like, "Hey, I want to watch Dexter or whatever," <laughs> and um, and I. I'll be like, I, you know, I'm not going to play it on the little tablet, like if I'm playing it on the TV. Yeah, no. And I mean, it, and the stuff that I want to do is like, you know, if I'm playing, I mean, I can't play Dance Central on the tablet. <laughs> right? You don't know so. that. You don't know that. It is a camera. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to stand over the top of it. It's safe. It's safe. <laughs> the camera won't take any pictures that are unflattering or undesirable. Right. Of course um, it won't. No. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no. The point I was going to make was the conclusion I came to is that it's 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 a Wii. It's got this sort of plus up in that it's high yep. definition. It's backwards compatible. It uses Wiimotes. And hey, guess him. what? It's got an extra tablet controller thingy. And maybe then maybe some of the games will use that tablet thing. Maybe some of them will use your Wiimote, and you'll be able to get that same sort of experience on the Wiimote. But but the sell that they're given at their press conference is that the everything's about the tablet. And um, sort of the secondhand thing that that they they did was that the hardware will be able to support hardcore gamers more so than before. So, but they did they did apologize after the fact that they didn't explain the console directly yeah. because people didn't really understand it, and they're like, you just need to play it to understand. But that's you know. That's that whole, like, what's so interesting about their presentations is that they didn't realize what we don't know, but yet they do. Yeah. Because I was totally confused. In fact, I had, uh, I watched the Nintendo press conference two days after it happened. I watched it with my kids and I had uh, sneak peeked a little bit because I knew the Wii U was announced. And so I wanted to see what it looked like. And, and it took me like five, 10 minutes to actually find a picture of the console. I was like amazed <laughs> that all I got was all these shots of the tablet. And I'm like, this, you know, I want to see the, not the controller. I want to see the console and eventually found one, but and it's it, actually sort of a hard thing to find. In contrast to like PS3 or Xbox announcements, they aren't pushing huge numbers of millions of polygons or pixels. Uh, in fact, they didn't even announce the hardware at all. Um, other than it's roughly equivalent to Xbox 360 and PS3. The manufacturers, though, that they know, so it's the same IBM PowerPC chip and ATI uh, making the GPU again, and that probably helps with the backwards compatibility. Mm, sure. I, I read a crazy article today that said it was 50% more powerful than a PS3. 
I saw that one too. But that was just speculation. Nobody it? knows anything. Yeah. But that article was written as link bait. Sure. <laughs> and they really? so much as said it in their article, which I thought was was really funny how they did it. Yeah. But it was total link bait. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they said whatever. Who knows? Who really knows what it is yet? I think that they're really trying to sell that experience and saying it's more than it was before. And we're going to actually offer the ability for third-party developers to develop their games in line with us, which hasn't been the case in the past. Because, you know, they you don't get the same Modern Warfare experience. I oh. believe they still port it, but it's not the same. It, it's, it's generally a separate developer, separate code base, separate everything for, for anything that's cross-platform with, uh, with Xbox and PS3. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, there was a, as usually is the case with Nintendo, which I never understand it, the press conference you watch, and I believe there's just a lot of fanboys or fan gals in, in the audience because there seems to be a lot of cheering at, at Nintendo conferences, and hmm. I don't understand why. Because they see Zelda again. But somebody, cheer, they were cheering for Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you people? This is a game that nobody liked. Or at least that, that's what I thought. And, yeah. you know, oh, look, there's Star Fox. And guess what? It's just a port of a game you've probably played before. But yay! Yay! I, I don't get it. <laughs> and yeah. one one journalist that I, I, I read, he said that somebody sitting in front of him at the Nintendo press conference with a press pass was dressed as Mario. He's like, <laughs> he's like, guy, guy, how can you come and rip the press and dress up like Mario? You can't do that. <laughs> That's not right. That's funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. He's being fair and balanced. It's okay. All right. So I guess the only other thing to say maybe about Nintendo is, um, again, uh, I, I don't, I don't, everybody's always looking for some malice and things, but uh, when they had to show footage of some of these AAA games that they're going to be able to run, they just threw in Xbox and PS3 footage because... That's what it'll look like, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I personally that's have right. a lot of problem with that. I think that that's wrong of them. It, I, I do I, and I don't. We'll see if it doesn't get there, you know. It, it well, you know. I think it will. The, the only other spec they released is that it's going to have some EDRAM, um, which is, is hardware nerd speak for really fast memory that's really expensive and lives right on the chip, um, right mm. on the CPU or GPU typically, uh, rather than, you know, off on a bus far away. And so Xbox has some, and that's it's actually basically its secret sauce for having as much horsepower as it does. Hmm. None of, uh, no PC video cards have it. It's just too expensive. You know, to Microsoft's hmm. credit, their, their piece of hardware they got there is pretty amazing. Yeah, it holds up pretty good. Yeah, it does. It can't, it can't do 1080, but it can do absolutely everything else. It does a good job. It's, it's impressive for being five years old. Yeah, and still deliver the experiences it does. One hundred fifty dollars in a box. And, and though I will say, I've been playing a bit of of uh, Grand Theft Auto Four, and holy crap, the frame rate sucks on that game. Yep. Anyway, and input lag. Yeah, I'm like, wow, this is not the experience I remember <laughs> two and a half years ago when I bought my Xbox. Three years ago. Anyway, this is the we're talking about Nintendo. Grand Theft Auto on Nintendo, is that going to happen? They showed Batman, and Batman likes to crush skulls. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I don't know. I don't believe that stuff. It, it's yeah. questionable. So here, here's the point I mean is that Wii U is announced as 20, 2012 yep. thing, which would probably be mid-2012, late for Christmas or something. Yeah, it'll probably. be Thanksgiving. So that means that these games that they showed off, which was Darksiders 2, Batman Arkham Asylum, right, are games that are going to be out next This year. This year or early next. Yeah, they're coming way faster than the Wii U is. It's just sort of interesting. And that's not to say that those games won't eventually be on the Wii U, but it's sort of like from a developer standpoint is, you know, you don't really want to release Batman Arkham Asylum a year later on that console as a big deal. But unless there's secretly an easy port from Xbox. (laughs) True. True. If there's that, I mean, of course you're gonna. You have to weigh your 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 how much does does it cost and what is my return, yeah. right? And and maybe it's worth it because the markets are very different between PlayStation Three, Xbox, and the Nintendo. Um, the yeah, the, the the people don't overlap, but then why would they buy the same Batman game? Yeah, right. Know. That's a good point. <laughs> very good. Point. I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if you think about it, Nintendo has done a huge wedge against what actually people can play on their systems. And if anything, is the Wii U actually going to bring that wedge back? I I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I thought maybe that these these not to stereotype, but dads out there that bought the place that 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 bought the Wii, thinking, oh yeah, I'll have family games and I'll be able to play like I used to. And then they look and they're like, wow, these I'm just not engaged in this at all. Or maybe the Wii kids uh, grow up into the Wii tweens. Ah, that's a good point gotta, too. Actually, or or Nazi zombies. Yep, that's a very good point. Is that the, the who knows the, the younger audiences now have the ability to get the more interesting, engaging games. And mom's well, one, like, "Well, this one's just as good. It's got Call of Duty." And the kid's like, "No." Well, one last last point that I'd bring up about Nintendo. I I actually did have an Xbox, um, but I never played it. I got Halo and Halo Two because I do almost all my gaming on PC unless there's an experience I can't get, and then I use my Wii for that. So. I think it's going to be interesting to see how those third-party games work out, um, other than ones that are somehow modified to work with it. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still see Nintendo stuff as stuff made for Nintendo, so it's it's going to be a hard thing to get over, even for me, who is a fanboy. Yeah, personally, I think it's going to end up being a lot of those little, like, Wii Sports kind of Nintendo property things that demonstrate it's like a package of of prototypes of just little mm-hmm. snippets of interesting thing, right? You're going to see a Wii U Golf where you put the thing on the floor and you can see your ball and you swing your Wii mode at it. And I, I see just... a whole bunch of Nintendo releases of Zelda's Mario's, Luigi Mansions and and whatever else themed Nintendo properties come out of it. I just thought of something though. If they do an online store, well they will do an online store with DLC there's a whole wealth of iPad and um, tablet games that they could just port yep. super easy and they could make a killing on because the other two consoles don't ha- don't have that. Granted you can't wander around with these or it's not portable but you know, I don't that's, know. That, you know if they could really take DS-ish games and port them quick to to this or device. iPad games. Yep, yep. Just pay thirty dollars for them. No, no. Yeah, just the, the price do, point just will do, be this. So the price point will be a dollar for Angry Birds on your Wii. Maybe. No, I, I don't think they'll. 
I don't think they'll give him up that ground. I think they're going to hold on to the premium pricing as long as they can. I think so. Mm. No, that, but, could um, that could be true. But that's a great point Like uh, from user interface. Uh, I thought the, the Wii pointer thing never got up to touching or mousing standards. Uh, obviously, I, I think... Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Did they port uh, Plants vs. Zombies to Wii? I think they did. I think that would be painful to hold your arm out and try to aim at yeah. your TV for more than 10 minutes versus the touchpad and just going to town like you would on a phone or iPad. Sure, yeah. So just from a user interface perspective, it's going to cover their one of their last gaps there. Oh, good point. Then do you ever look at your TV? I don't well, know. I you know right. <laughs> um, Nintendo didn't. Nintendo Wii didn't deliver what I hoped to get out of it. Yep. And totally. I think that a lot of people have that same feeling. Like, yeah. Even even people that are gamers and they want to really like it. I think that this back of the mind, pull it out for Thanksgiving. Wow, I spent you know three hundred plus dollars on this plus controller money plus game. That's a lot of money just to play it on Thanksgiving. I, I think that I don't know. I'm really. I'm glad, so glad Nintendo is there, and I'm so glad they're cha- they're trying something different. And I'm always surprised at how much love they seem to get from their audience and their fan people for for what you pay to get in to play a new Kid Icarus. Which, me personally, I don't. I, I'm like, wow, you're bringing back 1984, awesome, um, 1994, whatever. A long time ago. Still care. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's call it quits on on Nintendo. Um, The the two other press conferences were from game developers, and I'd like to cover them. Publishers. Game publishers, sorry. Very good point to make. Game publishers. Um, And that was EA and Ubisoft. EA had a couple, they had numerous, numerous announcements, but the ones that I think that any of us care about are Overstrike and uh, Battlefield 3. Yeah. Overstrike, uh, for me, I, I'm just so happy to see Art Direction in, I guess, shooter games um, because they've all been going for the quasi-realistic for so long. It's just getting old. Uh, I, I give all the credit to Team Fortress 2 for their wonderful characters and their wonderful videos that they just released because they love to make characters do animations. It didn't have anything to do with the game. You know, there's like, you know, let's let's have a video about this guy and his sandwich in the fridge and he's got a big <laughs> machine gun. All right, let's do it, you know. Yeah, they, um, they did do a lot of fun there. So go out and check out the Overstrike uh, trailer and just see if the art style grabs you. Uh, they didn't, as far as I know, show much real gameplay or, or how it's different than other things. They they hinted at a few things. but And Battlefield 3, I just got a plug because it's, it's the powerhouse in, in graphics for this year on the PC. Um, if you got a, a, a nice PC and a, a DirectX 11 video card, um, it's worth checking out. When it comes out, and pretty pretty stunning audio too. The that's the audio point. audio team is top notch, really really top notch. And uh, in terms of not graphics, uh, so the their um, destructive uh, I don't know what you call it destructive geometry, uh, being yeah. able to destroy you know basically everything in the game and the level in kind of a reasonable way, taking out people's cover and that kind of thing is is going to be one of the new mechanics. That that the polished mechanics that looked really impressive. Yeah. Actually, it, it's sort of funny. So Battlefield Three was presented. They show like these buildings crumbling and all this really cool stuff, and then they show a tank driving across the desert for five minutes. They <laughs> they really really lost their audience when they did that 
people, yeah. pe- the the general perception I got out of it were people were really bored as this tank was just driving. That's a good point if you're not geeking on the visuals. Right. Yeah, and, there's nothing and, there. and my appreciation was somewhat, you know, fueled by your interest, Zach, because I know you're really geeking on the, the graphics of it. And I'll totally agree with you there. It's very impressive. And you're looking at the subtleness of, and you know exactly why the guy is looking over to the right. And then he looks over to the left and you're like, wow, you know, but if you were to just observe it as I'm playing this game, you'd be totally bored. Yeah, this is the boringest movie I ever right? saw. And if, and basically <laughs> it came down to if you were a real person with a video camera recording this, you're just completely bored. But the people that cared anything about it were the people that were like, how the hell are they doing that in graphics? Yeah. So, and, and looking at it again, I'm like, wow, that actually was kind of, kind of boring. But, you know, it, it is amazing for what it is. It, it, it was an interesting way of presenting it. And I think that part of the audience um, just <laughs> or just lack of interest was kind of funny. But that's also what's really good about those press conferences is they're not necessarily exactly for that. You're not supposed to pull out that I was bored for t- three minutes as a tank drove across the desert. It was that. Yeah, there's a certain audience that watches the whole thing, and everybody else just yanks out the soundbite they care about yep. and runs with it. Or focuses on the fact that the tank driving was boring, <laughs> which, which I think is kind of shitty journalism. But, you know, okay, it's interesting to know how you feel about it, I guess, because I hadn't felt that way. So, All right, and then the last uh, press conference there, uh, not necessarily in order, but Ubisoft, which has uh, always been an strangely interesting conference i believe that ubisoft is french yep um so yeah they opened with that cartoon that just lost everybody other than this is nice animation what's what's happening um it was a rayman platformer it was just just random things on the screen it was something yeah i didn't i don't know it was a ubisoft was a hard one to pay attention to last year they had a Joel McHale do it, and he just seemed really bored. And they had the teleprompter on the floor. It was a really bad press conference. And then, then this year, they opened with that weird game, and then they had an announcer that was apparently more noteworthy than anything they presented. Um, Jaggy liked him. Oh, he's my favorite guy ever. Yeah, all the girls. <laughs> caffeine. All the girls, and as we were sitting at the chatterbox, and... all responded at the same time, and they're in their wooing for him. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I was quick to point that out. It was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was romantical. And, um, <laughs> it, yeah, Mr. Caffeine was definitely not a winner there. It was, uh, unintentional love. Unless like his point, you know, the whole point of Ubisoft was to make someone like immediately bristle and <laughs> feel tense. I don't think they If succeeded. you're angry, you're paying attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like, it's like my, my, what is it? Like parasympathetic system like took over and flight or flight was in full effect. Like fight or flight. Like it's just like flee. Like, but yeah. What's that name for that feeling you get when you're embarrassed for somebody? I don't know what it is, but like if you see somebody acting and they're acting poorly, you're embarrassed for them. Mr. Caffeine nailed that. I don't know. It was just cringeworthy. Most definitely. And in addition to that, is they did this really lame, like, imagine if Assassin's Creed was made in the classic era, 
And then they oh, showed God, some, like, those are so bad. And then they oh, showed yeah, what right. actually looked like a pretty neat game made by an animation person that's probably like 20 that imagines... Doesn't understand low-resolution screens. Doesn't understand what games <laughs> would have really been like in yeah. the 80s or early 90s. Yeah, it was like very weird. I don't know. Uh, but that's sort of Ubisoft's way of doing things is just strange and I don't know. I guess the only thing, the biggest interest... Maybe about... Ubisoft is French for awkward software. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I'm excited for Far Cry 3. I was a big fan of Far Cry 2. I know that it got a lot of uh, hate on its game design, although I really enjoyed its game design. Um, I'm excited to see what Far Cry 3 does. And I'm looking forward there to... Uh... Assassin's Creed, not at the show, but later on they were showing some of the improvements to multiplayer. Um, it was this wonderful flawed masterpiece of it's basically a hide and seek and kill um, where you kind of blend into the crowd and you're looking for your target and then somebody else you're their target and they're looking for you so you're trying to be incognito and conspicuous and sneak up on a guy and then when you get close you run in and stab him in the neck or whatever. And um, Meanwhile the same thing's happening to you so it was this neat, neat thing but it just kind of broke down uh, once the kind of the dumb masses got it on Xbox Live and just let's sprint around like we're playing Call of Duty <laughs> is what the game turned into. Um, It'll but, be interesting uh, to see that on Wii U. Yeah. On your little handheld but uh, with your radar pings. Yeah, so I'm just excited to see him have another go at that. I just like the multiplayer stuff that tries to do something different than just, you know, the shooting. And uh, the single player's always held up for me too. It's 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 good good stuff. The last one got too long. I didn't even finish all the side missions. But uh it was great great the whole time I was in there for a good 10, 10 20 hours. I don't even know. The the Brotherhood one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you didn't like it. No, I haven't played Brotherhood. I got oh. I got I almost cracked my disc on on Assassin's Creed 2. I was so mad at that game. <laughs> I really love the stabby stab. I just hated the platforming. Yeah, and it tries to do both. And and I'm not against that. It's just I wish I could not platform so much and stab more. So I really enjoy the the the, the amounts I've played of Assassin's Creed for the for what it is in that stab and get away kind of aesthetic. It's really awesome, actually, the platforming in that regard. But. But that's me. I, I, people really seem to like platforming. Like apparently, Uncharted yeah. has a lot of platforming in it. And I get yeah. really annoyed with games where there's only one path, and I just have to make that path happen. Yeah, it's its own little genre: Prince of Persia, Tomb Raider, all that kind of stuff. And there's times where I enjoy that as well, but I tend to not engage well with them sometimes, especially if they're frustrating, like <laughs> what the platforming that was. Whatever that game we were talking about. <laughs> Podcast end. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Sorry, sorry. Um, and you guys were supposed to keep it to ten minutes, and you failed. <laughs> well, I told you that it would never happen. Yeah. Not with me. Not with me, especially. And then I Zach can fuel the fire. Blame me. Absolutely. Enjoy editing this, Tori. <laughs> oh, we're already at two hours, two and a half hours. So just be yeah, glad I didn't actually 
Just be glad I didn't actually get <laughs> my three page of show notes. <laughs> yeah. So this oh is God. one and a quarter page. <laughs> I appreciate that you did that though, because that that uh, I thank you for doing that though. Yeah. I, Otherwise, I, it would have been a really really fast podcast. I, I guess doing that pretty good. All right. Well. Uh, see you guys next month. E3 happened. Yay. No, yeah. no, no, no. It wouldn't have. It would have just been him and Zach just talking for like hours. <laughs> and we wouldn't know what the hell. Like, because they would be just going from like topic to topic to topic to topic. And, and and you and I, Tori, we wouldn't be able to follow along. We'd be just like, um, it, like maybe we could just have our own side conversation simultaneously. <laughs> they wouldn't even notice. <laughs> oh, it'd be like the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing going on. <laughs> right. right. Totally. All right. Well, let's kill it there. Um, I, I was a, a theme that happens a lot with E3 is somebody tries to define who won the conference showdown. Who won? And And I really hate that, but it's often interesting to hear people talk about it. Yeah. And um, sort of in a. It, it's weird for me because I think Sony won. I'd call it winning, but not really Tiger Blood winning. Um, <laughs> more like Charlie Sheen winning. Is yeah, that more like you're, you're yeah. Um, winning. They totally. I'd say they won only because I think they did a better press conference. Um, I, I don't know. I think they were all really interesting in their own way. I think that okay, the most questions like what's the future hold? I think is Nintendo. You know, Microsoft is is like, well, you focused a hell of a lot on Connect, but you know, we'll see what happens. And, and Sony is, I, I thought they, I thought Sony did very well in in presenting an actual dog and pony show for us. So, what do you guys think? Any opinions? I can't say. Oh, I I guess I haven't followed it hardly at all, so I I don't have to say much. Like I'm excited about Nintendo, but I was not impressed by the the two demos that they had. Which, yeah. which which demos the hide and seek and oh yeah. yeah they didn't show those at the press conference though oh that oh they oh okay okay yeah the press conference was even more obscure <laughs> they they did not demonstrate that sort of stuff at the press conference that was like um some sort of side promotion mm-hmm. stuff so I think I think Mass Effect one. <laughs> <laughs> With the radial talking wheel. Yeah. No, the they had a because it was like one of those things where like like Xbox, um, they were part of Xbox's conference and then they were part of the EA mm-hmm. conference and they had like they kept popping up everywhere. Well, Bioware is just Bioware. People, I know. Well, people that really love it love it, and I'm I really enjoy the experiences of the Mass Effect series. They've been very good to me, so. I'm excited to see it. I don't necessarily care about the Connect integration, which was the plug from the I don't, Microsoft. Yeah, I totally don't care because, about that either. Because that doesn't necessarily change the gameplay for me. And I, my last two playthroughs have been on the PC anyways, so I'm going to play on the PC. Like, I'm not going to just switch to the Xbox because all my save games are on my PC. So. Oh, that's a good point. You should have brought that up before is that it sort of detracts from anybody else. Nah, whatever. Well, if you want to yeah, play Mass Effect on your PS3. You can't. <laughs> you can play Mass Effect 2 and 3, but... I think uh, uh, Microsoft set them up for themselves up for kind of a really great holiday season. We'll see how it all plays out. 
they don't get any wild points for introducing new hardware or anything, but I but wonder they've if... got but they've got killer hits, but like Dan Central and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. They didn't have any big rock band announcements, which was the thing of years ago. But um, yeah, I'll and agree I, with, I, with. I wonder with, if their presentation style was uh, a pendulum swing from from the elephants and the light up ponchos last year, and people are like, just what the hell were you doing? <laughs> yep, they had some real misses with those kids on stage, man. That was just weird. Oh, and, this year. Yeah, and you can't you can't ever do child actors. Way too risky. But the, but they had some luck with it the the year before. That would that worked and and um okay so to put it in some contrast like they had the Peter Pan Disneyland crap that was just really odd staged awkwardness <laughs> and and they had another one with kids I don't remember what it was but the one they had for they Sesame had a dad Street. and a kid doing the Sesame Street monster but, but the Sesame Street monster <laughs> one was okay in my opinion because and and maybe you can uh, relate to Zach is that a lot of the things you do as as a dad with your kids is you pretend or feign interest <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> And and that's really how it felt <laughs> for me. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's totally real. Good I mean, job, sport, way to go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so good at catching cookies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you got so many cookies. <laughs> that's exactly how gameplay is with my kids, though, in these things. And so I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, if you really try to fake it, you know, you could, but. I thought they did an okay job. And to, um, what's his name? Uh, Tim, Tom, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Who? Tim Schaefer. Tim Schaefer. To his credit, he, he basically came out and said, you know, quote, very lifelike family. <laughs> and, and sort of poked fun at the whole idea that, uh, that these, that, you know, that the demonstration they had on stage for that was staged, basically, but. All right, let's do it. Happy hour. We've been having a monthly happy hour in addition to our monthly meetings every Wednesday, second Wednesday of the month. Um, the happy hours actually are sort of up in the air trying to get a little bit of uh, differentiation between uh, to allow people that might not be able to make it on Wednesday nights to come and still socialize with us. Uh, we don't have many details for this month, but hopefully we'll have some soon. Um I, we'd be open to ideas too if you know a great place we need to. I was thinking about hitting up maybe the Uptown Cafeteria this month in July. They have that nice deck and they have a little a little party room. All right. Well, one th one uh, one thing I did want to plug was the the mailing list that we have because I was I was checking that out today and we're kind of sparse on on people signing up. So I'd like to know um, how people want to use a mailing list in our group because I don't want to expand it in some ridiculous way, but I also don't want to to be useless either so i'd be interested to know and in how how people would want to use that so um please you know let us know if, if anybody out there has opinions i know some people work better in email versus like kind of where we've gone is towards the the twitter and the facebook and the and the blogging of of the igatc.org website um so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if people would want to see announcements on a list or a sub list of of our mailing lists. I think not just announcements, but uh, one of the ideas was it's a place to just chat and free for all because we don't we don't really support that right now when we used to in the past. Yeah, I'd be I'd I'd like to see some of that chatter. Um, it, it'd be nice to promote that more. In addition to just these monthly or bi-monthly 
meetups that we have, but the the sort of informal email communication that we kind of had before would be good. Um, and, and I think that our our mailing list is a little sparse to actually promote that at the moment. So we we should probably push that some more at the at the meetings and and stuff. Actually, <laughs> any to any listener that's paid attention this long. I appreciate it, and I want to hear from you directly. Please let us know. <laughs> let us know you appreciate this sort of conversation or not, because I'm guessing this con this podcast has been over two hours. All right, all right. It's it, You guys have been a blast tonight. I appreciate um, you, you conversing with me as much as you have. Um, the Z3 stuff really gets me going. I, I really like this stuff, though. I can uh, tell. <laughs> I, I think it's the one time a year I, I'm allowed to, it's to fine. talk stop I, for three hours it, you're, time, so you're fine <laughs> don't worry you don't have to apologize you're fine it's okay come come to the igda and experience me in person <laughs> <laughs> bring your sd cards <laughs> and your bowling ball yeah especially your, your wee bowling ball accessory <laughs> she really really digs that <laughs> strike <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying and laughing so hard. Podcast close. <laughs> said podcast close. Podcast close. Podcast quit. No. Now it definitely sounds like an Xbox mic. It's all good. Yeah. Once it distorts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. This it's been end. real. See y'all later. <laughs> Have yep. a good evening. Yeah, good night. Folks. All right, y'all. Thanks again. <laughs>
<laughs> oh. Oh, man. 